Happy Pride! To kick off the month, we are running a new special on our Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com slash pkmncast and you sign up at the $5 level or higher, or if you're already at the $5 level or higher, uh, we'll be sending out some stickers. We'll send out uh, everyone sticker packs at the end of the month. We just gotta get all the addresses and stuff, so... If you are dragging your feet on supporting the show, now is a great time to do so. You can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. If you sign up, you'll get the ad-free episodes of the podcast. You'll get the bonus episodes of the podcast. And for the next two weeks, we are running the sticker promotion, patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 568th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Hannah. I haven't run into a Galarian bird in Pokemon Go in this entire last week, and I have done my adventure in Sense every day, except maybe exactly one week ago. Okay, good. <laughs> Greg also here. I did. I've only played with the Daily Incense <laughs> twice, and uh, Galarian uh zapdos maybe i don't remember it came i'm like i'll i'll golden raz i'll throw a ball it's like nope i went okay bye and then it's been so abysmally hot out and i was like why i don't why am i staring at my phone i just no i'm not doing this anymore so i've only played the daily incense twice because i find it exhausting it was very hot out yeah i mean it was on Thursday, I went out and I'm like, oh, it's 90. Mm -hmm. I'm going to melt out here. (laughs) I did not plan accordingly on this walk because I went to the sunny path instead of the shady path. And that was a bad idea. Uh, Well, we do have Pokemon Go stuff to talk about since there's a new season. But before we do that, let's talk about all the Scarlet and Violet stuff. Um, There's not a lot. I think those raids ain't coming back. (laughs) Yeah, there's still been no news. There's nothing. No raids, no how, never again. They realized it was a terrible mistake. They've gone back on everything. They've just pulled the plug. Call it. It's over. We are recording this on Sunday morning. Uh, normally new raids get announced on Sunday night. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, so far, each we week has been week. a big old zero. <laughs> it has been... Look, I'm looking at my calendar, got my raid calendar up. It has been almost a full month of no mm-hmm. raids. Well, obviously, like the five star and six star raids still work, oh, yeah. but like promoted, no promoted raids. Let's get into the first bit of news here, which is uh, Pokemon Home. It updated. Uh, yep. It updated actually uh, on time. They estimated that it would be down for six hours. They said that the complete rollout would take about 24 hours after that. So some people got in like right away. Some people got in, you know, 10 hours later. Just they had to like slowly roll it out to everyone. Um, But it worked and it allowed some new Pokemon in. Those Pokemon have been in the 
game code since day one. So very similar to Sword and Shield. Uh, Sword and Shield had a bunch of Pokemon that were hidden in the code. <laughs> hidden, <laughs> the Mewtwo wink, was wink. hidden the entire time. Um, so it updated from, uh, I think it was 2.1 or something like that to 3.0. And it's not much different. It's kind of the same... Fifteen ninety nine a year app it always has been, but um, how is your both Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> my Pokemon Go experience or my Pokemon Home experience was. Let me move all these Pokemon over and check if they're big or tiny. <laughs> uh, I haven't moved anything. I sort of sat down and realized, like, I haven't done like the postcard thing. I haven't done the Gimme Ghoul thing. I haven't done home updates and like i really literally when i it's when it's community day i'm like oh i need to send 25 things to home so i have room for community today and that has been my limit of doing things in home for about a year now so i i don't i don't know like i I haven't even moved anything from arceus into home i've done (laughs) nothing i'm in a similar boat i think the most interesting thing about this is carbink Oh, you gotta, that's, you gotta have Carbink and Diancie. Do you? Oh, There's yeah. a question there. <laughs> I think, I think lore-wise, yes. <laughs> yeah, but none of this works lore-wise. No, no. They didn't, they didn't introduce it in the game in any way. There was no mm-hmm. sort of storyline. There was just mm-hmm. these Pokemon. You can bring them in now. And you can store your Pokemon from Scarlet and Violet in a place that if there's another game-breaking bug, they'll be a little more safe, probably. But right now, we're good on that, I think. Legendary selection didn't really surprise me. Mostly because, like, if, if you were a legendary in Scarlet and Violet... Sorry, if you were a legendary in Sword and Shield, you got moved over. And then if you were from Legends Arceus, you got moved over. And then, like, ah, me too, and me are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always there. Wasn't there a weird issue where if you caught it and go, you couldn't move it over immediately? Okay, Did yes. See we, that? Good, good call. We, we should talk about that. This is not yeah, a... Had- it is a weird issue. It is not a new issue. It has been around since Sword and Shield. So, for whatever reason, Pokemon Go, Pokemon... Pokemon Go, Pokemon are treated as, like, second-class Pokemon... <laughs> They don't have, like, the rights that the main series Pokemon have. So you need to, like, so if you had a Lugia... Wait, Lugia doesn't work because he he doesn't go to Scarlet and Violet. If you had a, uh, uh, a a Mesprit from, or an Azelf from Pokemon Go, you cannot move those into Scarlet and Violet without moving a Mesprit from either BDSP or Sun and Moon or Legends Arceus over into that game first there is a a workaround so if i traded my mesprit my pokemon go mesprit to hannah in pokemon home and she traded me her pokemon go mesprit then we can move those mesprits into scarlet and violet that's wild that doesn't get rid of the go mark on them does it no it doesn't neither does moving a non-go mesprit get rid of the go mark but it just it opens it up and this, uh, again, this has been around, it's not a bug. This is the same thing that's been around since Sword and yeah. Shield. I mean, 
It's, I mean, it's hard to call that a feature. Like, what is that feature? <laughs> what is the point? Like, that is such a weird thing. It's like, well, I caught them in here, but if I didn't get them in some other way through some other game, they're just trapped until... Pretty much. Yes. That's so weird. Oh, Ilka. I don't know what the thought process is of, like... You can just end it there. I don't know what the thought process is. Like, <laughs> well, if it's like, thing for all if of it's Pokemon like, Go. <laughs> if it's like, um, well, we don't want people moving over their Mew from Pokemon Go. So, okay, Mew's a really good example, I actually think. What was the example I used before, Mesprit? Mew's a better example because, like, in the past, the old ways to get Mew were to, like, walk into Toys R Us uh like harass the 16 year old employee working there to like link trade you the mew and then you would do that and then they they still hate their job and their life and then you walk out with a mew right same thing for gamestop right no one at gamestop's happy when you're walking in and getting a code card nope. uh, but it's like very easy by uh, assuming that you live close enough to a gamestop uh or a toys r us and then you have it at least with like the mew in pokemon go you have to get to level 40 you have to do like a hundred excellent throws or like 40. I don't even remember what the quest line it is. It was long. It was long. It was long and tiring. So <laughs> it's not even like, well, we don't want Pokemon Go players to send like easy mythicals over right. because all the <laughs> mythicals in Pokemon Go are terrible. <laughs> you got to work really hard for them. I mean, not it was way them. easier. There is Deoxys. That's true, yeah. Deoxys and Darkrai. But at least in that, you like you have to pay a dollar. <laughs> at least. I mean, I paid a lot more walking into that GameStop, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing I can think of is the capitalistic thing of like, hey, go buy a main series game. <laughs> so weird. But, uh, or some but sort of arbitrary, these Pokemon game. are worth less and don't matter as much and don't mean as much. Some sort of some sort of thing related to that. That is probably being rebalanced as the games get older and as things move along. But if this has been a thing for a long time, I wouldn't be surprised if when Go was first linked to home, there was some sort of weird value judgment there. Well, when Go was first linked to home, it was only Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. So it was only one way. Mm -hmm. And then when the big like Pokemon Sword and Shield home thing happened, that's when this transfer thing started. The <laughs> there's there's no there's no secret that there's there is value to Pokemon from at least Game Freak's perspective. That's why we still don't have that's why they still shiny lock Pokemon. That's why I, we we still don't have shiny Victini or shiny Keldeo. So there is some weird value thing internally that they they do. But like even even non like you could even argue with like sun and moon to ultra sun and moon like they're they're pretty much the same game but hey pay us 40 more dollars and we'll give you five new pokemon we'll give you well technically like four because you'd have to buy both versions to get the other one but like <laughs> it was like what blacephalon stagataka hoipal yep. naganadal and zeraora like those were the only five new pokemon for a $40 experience. Heck yeah. The, th the thing, somebody, somebody mentioned this in my Twitch stream. They were like, Steve, you said a couple years ago that this was, I think it was around when they announced the National Dex cut. And they said, the thing you, the thing you said ultimately came true, which was, 
as we keep going deeper and deeper, because there are cuts in the Pokedex, they are now making you realize that you are missing games that have those Pokemon. Like right now, as of this recording, one of the rarest Pokemon is just Enamorous. She is just yeah. incredibly rare because she's in one game. And like Kubfu, Urshifu, like you could start a fresh game of Sword and Shield, get to this train station, go over to the Isle of Armor and get Kubfu pretty quickly. You could probably get Kubfu in like maybe 45 minutes of playing Sword and Shield. Yeah. Like Enamorous, you have to pretty much go through all of Legends Arceus to get her. There's a lot of work that has to be put in for that Pokemon. And if they keep cutting Pokemon, well, they will, right? We have like yeah, five they, they main will. series games. They're, they're not doing a game with all of them anymore. If they keep cutting that kind of stuff, they will artificially increase the difficulty of getting Pokemon because systems will change or people will lose their games or like they didn't finish those games or, you know, a game that was really easy to get. You know, it was really easy to get Vivion in X and Y. And then all of a sudden, right before Scarlet and Violet, people were like, oh, I'm missing Vivion or Vivion's really hard to get. Or like Deerling was a big problem for a long time for people. Um, so it's like they cycle this over and over, which, uh, yeah, they didn't add any like new. <laughs> <laughs> this is the joy of false scarcity. They didn't add any like new features like you still can't ca- you still can't check marks in the Switch version um ultimately like the apps seem exactly the same they seem very sluggish right now because so many people are trying to connect they added new stickers <laughs> hey come to my room they added the changing of the moves which is like okay i guess you can convert your your what are they called your pokemon home points to lp points so one pokemon point and you can only hold I think 99,999. Um, so one Pokemon home point converts to 10 LP. So ultimately, if you had max home points, it would convert to like 1.2, 1.6 million, something like 1.4 million, maybe. It's not a good. Tr- tr- it's it's not great <laughs> at all. <laughs> like you, you can you can spend a million league points on like what like a hundred vitamins or something like you can burn through it instantly (laughs) i've spent no league points i haven't in a very long time i have not spent i have not i keep like when it was bank i held on to my bp points thinking i there's gonna be something something i need and there never was and now i'm holding on to lps like there's gonna be something i need if raids start back up maybe eventually maybe Hey, you need like maybe you need like three thousand league points, four Lechonk tails, and like two <laughs> something to make like protect. <laughs> oh, so yeah, league, league point conversion not great, but on what? What do you? You might as well convert them if you're playing Scarlet and Violet, because if once you once you hit max nine 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 five nines, however whatever that is, once you hit that, like you can't earn any more, so you might as well cash out and then just start earning pointless point like what you i don't know put them in bdsp <laughs> or something who's playing that game <laughs> oh i should probably look at how many i have huh there's no way you don't have max I there's mean... there's no way 
Uh, here, the here's the cool thing you can do. You. So if you move over an alpha Pokemon from Legends, uh, if you take it to the lady in Mesagosa, she will give you the hum- humongo mark, the, the, the huge mark. Um, but you also have the alpha mark. So you get the alpha mark will come automatically if it was an alpha. You got to talk to her to get the humongo mark. Um, but un- they're normal size. They're yes. not gigantos. Well, they're they're technically XXL. They're the the tallest size. The other thing you can do is you can move any Pokemon that's technically allowed in Legends Arceus, and you can take it to the photo booth, like the old guy in what's that city called, Jubilife? Yeah. And if you just mm-hmm. walk in there and take a picture of your Pokemon on the weird like backdrop thing, and then move it back into. Scarlet and Violet, it will have the Hisui ribbon. It's just a little ribbon that says, like, Hisui. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it went back in time. Or space? We don't know. We didn't define what Hisui is. And now it's got a ribbon. Yeah, so I, that's... If, if you're... The, the cool thing is, I mean, I, at the end of the day, did home change much? No. no. But, like, move being able to move a Pokemon from... Technic, from a technical standpoint, a Gen 9 game back to a Gen 8 game like BDSP or Legends or uh, Sword and Shield is like really cool because in the past it's always been like, oh, whoops, I, I moved my Furfru into Sword into Sun and Moon and now it can never go back to X and Y. Like, oh, I wish I would have known that I maybe wouldn't have made that decision so quickly. <laughs> Yeah, being able to go backwards even just a little bit is a relatively big change that I don't yeah. think we 100% expected. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good change. I know everyone on the internet's like Game Freak hates us if they <laughs> if they hate us that much. <laughs> I mean, they gave us somewhat backwards compatibility, so there's something and we'll take it. Speaking of Game Freak, Regulation D is going to start. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's so funny Regulation D is here. <laughs> We've all been waiting for it. Regulation D starts on July 1st. This will be the world's format. Uh, funny enough, there will be no scheduled tournaments from this time to worlds. So um, maybe Game Freak does hate us. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it back. We thought we had a thing and then they ripped it away with regulation D. I mean, I'm finding this super interesting because uh, the VGC community really is not liking this, but something really similar is happening in GBL. They're changing up the moves, changing up the meta there right before the big tournament that's happening this weekend. And that was received really well. People were very excited about the flexibility and the adaptability that you're going to need to be able to change up your team's last minute for this competition, but that's not being taken the same way for this VGC. Yeah, I think um, Michael, what's his name? Michael? Starenka. Starenka. I think he said during his interview, which we'll talk about in the later half of the show, that Niantic wanted to wait till seasons were over to change moves so people wouldn't be upset, but they got feedback that trainers were like, no, change them sooner. We don't want to wait till the end of a season. Yeah. Um, so I think he actually said that like, oh, well, uh, we're going to probably change them a little more often just so like people don't feel discouraged and then have to wait till <laughs> the end of season. I, I think it might still be seasonal. It was just that last season's update was 
awful. Oh, okay, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. The feedback I mean, was that's that on par players for season mind. of Hero Rising Heroes or whatever yeah. it was called. Yep. But yeah, the VGC and GBL reacting completely differently to this pretty similar kind of news. The regulation D allows for some legendary Pokemon. This is very confusing if you don't follow because there are because okay, number one, just because a Pokemon is legendary doesn't mean it's good. We want to get that. That's uh, like t- the Hello Type Null, Hello Savali. Both are very terrible competitively. <laughs> no, it'd be nice Aww. to them. They have one gimmick, and it's like explosion. <laughs> um, but the, okay, so here are the new Pokemon that you can use. I'm not going to read the whole. Uh, I'm not going to say Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. I'm just going to say Charizard. <laughs> so you can use Charizard now. Alolan Raichu, Alolan Dugtrio, uh, Perserker, technically Perserker. Perserker has been in the game since day one. You could go to the language professor, I think, and get a Perserker from the school. But since mm-hmm. Perserker is not allowed in the... Perserker is not native to the Palde Index, it wasn't allowed in competition. So now it is. Alolan Meowth, Hisuian Arcanine. Uh, Galarian, <laughs> mouthful. Galarian Slowbro, and I'm just gonna say Galarian Slow King, Alolan Muck, Hisuian Electrode, Regular Tauros, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, and their Galarian forms are all now allowed. Now, those are not considered box legendaries, so like Kyogre, Groudon, they're banned because they're very, they're more powerful because they're mm. box legendaries. Um, Typhlosion and Hisuian Typhlosion. Regular Quagsire. I think that was another thing where like... Yep, you could trade for a whooper. Yeah. Hisuian Quillfish and Overquill. Uh, Mesprit... Okay, speaking of bad legendaries, Mesprit, Uxian, Azelf. <laughs> I think the only one that's like kind of okay is Azelf, but they're pretty bad. <laughs> uh, Hisuian Sneasel and then Sneaseler, Heatran and Cresselia. Samurott and Hisuian Samurott, Hisuian Lilliganth, White Striped Basculin, and then Basculegion, Hisuian Zorark, Hisuian Bravery. Let's talk about really good legendaries. Tornadus, Thunderous, Landorus, and their uh, the Therian forms. <laughs> uh, Chestnut, hey, the Chestnut's bad, don't worry, he's still bad. Um, Delphox, uh, Greninja. Carbink is finally legal. Bring all <laughs> the Carbinks you want. Heck yeah. Uh, Hisuian Gudra, although I don't think, maybe good for competitive. I actually haven't seen any. I, I've watched some trainers play the new format. I haven't seen any Gudras, but Gudra, Hisuian Gudra, very good for raid battles. Uh, and I made a Hisuian Gudra build on YouTube. Um, but very, very, very good for five and six star raids. Hisuian Avalug, Decidueye is now legal. Uh, Rillaboom, legal. Scorbunny, Rillaboom, Scorbunny, Cinderace is legal. Cinderace and Rillaboom, very good in Gen 8 competitive. Um, we'll see if they end up being good here. Intellion was never really that good, but you can use them. Uh, Cubfu, Urshifu, both Urshifu, very good. Reggie Eliki and Reggie Drago are back. Drago has always been bad. Um, Eliki has always been good. <laughs> this time it has Terra Blast. <laughs> it's even better. It's even uh, better. 
The horses are back. So Glastrier and Spectrier, they're both very good. Um, they're even better when you put a rabbit on top of it. But mm-hmm. uh, the Shadow Rider form or the Shadow Rider and Ice Rider are not allowed currently because Calyrex is they're technically Calyrex um, when they're the, the rabbit is on it. But um, there's they're still good separately. I'm not sure if they're good in this format, but I, I would assume yes. Uh, Weird Ear, Cleaver, Ursaluna, Vascalegion, Sneasler, over. Oh, okay, we already got uh, all those are illegal. Gimme Ghoul is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> roaming. <laughs> roaming Gimme Ghoul. There's going to be an Evo Light Roaming Gimme Ghoul strat that just surprises everybody I'm this time sh- around. Yes, I'm Nobody's sure going to see it coming. No one will see it. And then finally, Enamorous is legal. Um, and only the turtle one is kind of. The turtle one is. The turtle one is what you want. So that's a lot of new Pokemon. That's a lot of powerful Pokemon. I almost, I, th- I think I said on the show, I thought Regulation D was just going to be like Hisuian, which is, would shake up the meta. I mean, like Arcanine, uh, Sneasler, uh, Ursaluna, probably particularly. Like, that's what, at least like 15 Pokemon that would probably shake up the meta a little bit. This is just like. F- 40 pokemon and like (laughs) some of the most powerful pokemon we've seen this is a lot yeah yeah and bringing back in some of the pokemon that have dominated the meta before is maybe what's getting people the most frustrated and does separate it out from what's happening in go right now to be fair there are some players that absolutely love this kind of meta because it's it's a little bit faster um and you have a lot more options like prior like even even the move tailwind like your best tailwind before this was was murkrow and talonflame <laughs> and that was kind of it <laughs> and now you have now you have a bunch of legendaries that can hit that tailwind button what's really interesting is they nerfed reggie eliki going into this um so transistor would give you a 1.5 boost um and then i think it's dragon's maw which is the same as drago's drago's ability which is also 1.5 for dragon moves transistors electric moves transistor got nerfed to 1.3 and then Mm. but they left dragon maw the same because no one used drago i don't think that's going to change anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also spoiler reggie eliki is still incredible uh yeah, you could argue maybe even more incredible with the access to drag with terra blast they nerfed urshifu uh wicked blow instead of doing uh 80 base damage and always critting it does 75 base damage and always critting so uh <laughs> yeah, they're trying with a question mark at the end there they're maybe uh, trying yeah, I mean, there's balance. There's balance there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not surprising. Like uh, in Gen Six, Talonflame was busted because of Gale Wings, and then they changed it to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, it made it worse. It's still good though. Um, still but, good, but more fair, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like dropping it by five when you're looking at crits, it's a bigger drop than probably yes. I, I can. Blush. I can. <laughs> I can say <laughs> I, I watched a dark Urshifu wicked blow a Cresselia and I, and the 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 per, the streamer was like, this should knock out. And then the Cresselia lived with like 10 HP. And then all of chat was like, well, they did nerf wicked. They blow. Didn't nerf it. 
<laughs> they did it say. was like, oh, I think that I think that nerf actually mattered specifically yeah. for Cresselia. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really funny to see. <laughs> I mean, they know what they know what they're doing. They giveth and they taketh away. I think the competitive scene might not be as upset if they moved this like one month earlier, because then Hartford, Milwaukee and Portland, I think, would have all been in this format. And that mm. would be like, oh, at least three tournaments we could watch for this format. Now we have, you know, July, you pretty, they pretty much have 45 days to figure out what's going into Worlds. And I, I, I don't know. You made it to Worlds. You probably know what you're doing. You're probably very familiar with competitive Pokemon. So it's in the grand scheme of things, it's a smaller set of players that really have to figure this out. Smaller. I, uh, it's yeah, a I different mean, skill set is what I've been hearing. Kind of just that early format and adapting to trying to create your own team and be good at it before anybody really knows what's going on before it's more set in stone is a different skill set Yeah, than a more set in stone format. It feels like they're going into worlds with things being more volatile, which feels like it will make a more exciting world, but not necessarily a great experience for the people that have to play in it, right? Like, 45 days feels like a lot, but there's a lot to cycle through. There's a lot of different battles that you have to do. There's a lot of variables that won't necessarily... Like, it takes time for that stuff to bubble up. Um, and so... I mean, I sort of understand the hesitancy of being frustrated, like this is so quick to the big deal. But I mean, it will make spectators be like, we don't have any idea what to expect because the competitors <laughs> probably don't have any idea really what to expect. And that's exciting. Uh, also, it's frustrating because I would not want to be in that situation. This is this is why I, I always like roll my eyes at the Smogon format, because like Smogon banned they 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 straight up ban banned Houndstone pretty shortly after Scarlet and Violet la uh, launched. Smogon being a single sing one v one, um, they banned Houndstone because of the move Last Respects. There's only two Pokemon that get the move Last Respects. It's Houndstone and it's Basca Legion, and Basca Legion wasn't even legal. So they 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 banned all of Houndstone, and within the like a week of the game coming out, and my thought process is, why don't you just ban the move? <laughs> Like, why'd you have to ban the whole Pokemon? And then, you know, now that Regieliki is legal, Regieliki got banned in Smogon. Within, like, two hours, they banned Regieliki. And it's frustrating because they're, like, Smogon is looking for, like, this perfect balance meta. And if you, if we just take the, the main series VGC and we look at uh, Regulation C... The start of Regulation C was all of Palance, and Palance was a core which consisted of Palafin, Amoongus, Arcanine, and Fluttermane. So it was those four Pokemon. If you had those four Pokemon, you were running a core called Palance, and it was very dominant. Um, and now, if you looked at the last like two or three tournaments, you rarely see Palance. And the reason you don't see it is because it took two months to figure out how to beat it. And people have figured out how to beat it, and they figured out better teams or better counters. Right. Palance is still really good. 
people have figured out how to beat it. This was the same thing that happened in Scarlet and Violet with a team called Rinia. Uh, there was a Japanese player named Rinia, and they made a team that consisted of, uh, it was Charizard, and gosh, I can't remember what was on the team. It was it was Charizard and a couple other Pokemon, um, and it took about a month and a half, and people figured out how to beat Rinia. We moved on, right? Like we built on pot uh, upon uh, we built on top of that, and so that's kind of like the nice thing about like a three month format is you see the evolution of teams and where they go. Um, and that's why I get frustrated when I look at Smogon because they're like, ah, it's been two hours, no one can figure out Eliki, just ban them. <laughs> It's just like, there. I'm sure trainers are smart enough to figure it out, right? Like, not every, not every uh, team has like, every team can be beatable. We just have to like figure out which Pokemon move around to make that happen. What do I know? Same thing happens with TCG though. <laughs> speaking of issues and speaking of... Uh, Competitive stuff. This will be our last article before break. Uh, we talked on the show, what was that, like two mo- two weeks ago, two podcasts ago, about how uh, a bunch of Korean and Japanese players qualified for an event, and then something went wrong, and then they pulled the qualification, and then I was like, no one reported on this. Why? <laughs> Comicbook.com, yeah, I know you listen to this book. podcast. Why didn't you report on this? <laughs> Maybe you did. I didn't see the tweet. But like... It it was weird that no one reported on it because like esports and Pokemon to me mm-hmm. are like two very clickable things, and especially when two people who have won world tournaments, one being Sejin Park of Korea, that was the Pachirisu guy, mm-hmm. and everyone instantly knows who that is now that I said it was the Pachirisu guy, and then the other one being Ray Rizzo, they both qualified, and then they both got their. Qu- they both qualified to go to Worlds, and then they both got those ripped away from them because of issues. Yep. Um, one of the issues being you would play the same person. <laughs> right. Over and over and over and over again. We got news that four Korean players who were guaranteed to go to Worlds still had to play each other. And so in order to... Point out to the Pokemon company that this whole Scarlet and Violet format has been terrible to Korean and Japanese players since they were all guaranteed to go to Worlds anyways. They all agreed to bring six Pokemon with the move Metronome to finish their tournament. That was like their way to protest. Mm -hmm. It's like we all qualified anyways. You have done nothing to support us. You have taken away our 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 qualifications. We have requalified. You've taken them away. We've requalified. Um, and then all four of those trainers got banned, and they are no longer going to Worlds because Pokemon said we didn't like that you brought six Pokemon with Metronome. So I have it here. Hello, this is Nash. I've been asked a lot what's happening in Korea and how we ended up locking in Metronome for the national finals only to be disqualified for this. So I'm writing down to those. I'm writing this down to explain. So if you've been catching up with all the issues around the Asian circuit, like other Asian regions, Korea has been suffering this year. Um, Here are some of the major events that have happened in order. Uh, Number one, before we go, technically number zero, zero. (laughs) before we go in a little background of the Korean VGC format. 
Before COVID, we used to have three different IRL events that would lead up to finals. Each gave out CP. The circuit points are exclusive to Korea and have been an independent circuit as well as Japan. Last IRL event was back in 2019, and the South Korean VGC community has not seen one since. Uh, they have only given us an online double elimination trainers cup each year, and that was it. So now number one. Last year when Worlds was back, players were curious on how Pokemon Korea planned to give invites. No explanations were made. They proceeded to do the Trainers Cup, the online tour, like before. After the tour, they suddenly announced that the top four of the Trainers Cup will be invited to Day 2 of Worlds. This was excluding juniors and seniors. The tour is only available for Masters. That was, for the record, that's like the same as the U.S. um, for the Players Cup stuff. Uh, This year again, they announced nothing until March. In March, they announced that our circuit will be here. So they announced another Trainers Cup thing. Basically, they gave invites to Trainers Cup for the top 50 Korean players of each global challenge. And then the top 150 players competed in a best of one ladder. Top four gets day two. Top 16 gets day one. People were very frustrated that deciding everything in just the 10 games of the ladder. Uh, Also, this is... This format is vulnerable to sub accounts and match manipulation. So this is what we said two weeks ago that like mm-hmm. if you were a Korean player and you had to sit there, you only had 10 matches, you won all 10 matches, you've qualified for worlds. And then all of a sudden the Pokemon company was like, actually, there was a bug. You got to do all 10 matches again. Yep. Uh, the bug sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like playing the same people over and over. Not great. But also winning 10 matches and then being told you have to do it over again also really sucks. yeah <laughs> and then just like japan ray rizzo experienced this as well we had multiple issues people were getting rematched after rematch and could not stop playing during the tour pokemon korea decided that the tour was invalid and the top 16 from this tour would get unqualified people who went on to the top 16 here demanded compensation and pokemon korea gave them an invite to the next year trainers cup This is basically nothing since reaching Trainer Cup was just getting top 1,600 in the Global Challenge. Uh, Nothing even close to top cutting. This was a devastating message implying our format will remain the way for next year. Two weeks later, we played Ladder Tour again until it was updated, which uh, until the update happened. That was that emergency update we got. Okay, so Nash Blue sent... Oh, gosh, I should know how to say this because I was in Korea for like two weeks. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Sangyun? Sangyun? Yeah. Sangyun uh, and Mia were the top four of the second ladder tour, which means we secured our invites to day two. Day, day two is the better day of worlds, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But in order to do that, we had to show up at the Trainers Cup final round, a streamed match. It's just a final round who decides... Who goes? Who is number one and who is number four? A couple nice prizes. We were locked into day two, so not much at stake. The four of us decided to go into a metronome battle to protest all the issues within our community. No IRL events, constant problems in the tour, disregarding of a younger division. That's very nice of them to think of their younger players. Absurd compensation for the problems that were caused. Um, but the real problem behind all of this was the disrespect towards our players. During this week, Pokemon Korea suddenly sends an email to Blue, disqualifying them without saying why. When he called to ask why, they refused to answer. They immediately gave his day two to Betago. 
Betago agreed with the three of us to do the metronome battle, so we proceeded. We have locked in the all we've locked into our in-game online tour system beforehand. We did that yesterday, second the June 2nd. Uh, we were supposed to battle on the 4th. Today, on the 3rd, all four players were sent an email uh, from uh, the Pokemon Korea account informing us that all four of us were disqualified. Their reasoning was all the Pokemon locked in with one learned specific move. According to Pokemon Korea, this falls into the prohibited acts. This falls into a prohibited act saying um, that they say an act of harm to other participants, giving an offensive image or other actions. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and its subsidiaries deem inappropriate. Pokemon Korea saw our teams didn't like it, therefore disqualified all four of us for playing Metronome. Woo! Uh, so yeah, this is a mess. That's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to say that like Scarlet and Violet is a mess, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh, the, the game the game has bad frame rates. Game's a bit buggy. They have fixed some stuff. To be fair, in like the last month, my game has not crashed on me. Um, but the the tour stuff has not been any better. Um, and I, I remember the first couple US VGC tournaments here in the States. And I was like, why are we why are we still using all of Sword and Shield branding? Like, why? Why are they? Why are they showing Zashin mm-hmm. and Zamazenta on the screen? We, we know that they have Quaxley, Fuecoco's, Frigatito images. Why are we just not replacing? Like. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. But like <laughs> Japan has not been super solid with the Ray Rizzo stuff. Again, they had the same format as Korea for some stuff. Uh, uh this Korea mess we've been following for a little bit. It's not getting any better. Pokemon Go has had its own disaster of people qualifying and stuff. So the whole like competitive circuit has not been smooth at all. Which is, if anything, I would just say it's a bummer because we had three mm-hmm. years of COVID. People really wanted to compete. They really wanted to get in. The Pokemon company has done a pretty good job at lowering the barrier of entry to get in to participate. In some ways. In some ways. Raising the literal price makes it a little harder. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Prices are better, I guess. <laughs> well. As someone who would have competed if it didn't cost seventy dollars to compete, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a lot of money these these days. Uh, I mean, I applaud these players for doing what they did. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, that's yeah. a really cool way to protest. They weren't hurting anyone. They didn't hack in these Pokemon. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they did PKX, but like legally, <laughs> all these Pokemon can learn Metronome, right? It wasn't like. Yeah, they, they they did pick six Pokemon. They all could legally learn Metronome. They were all guaranteed to go to Worlds, so it is a little insulting to like go through with this tournament when to to the four players like that. That's like the prizes don't matter at that point. Like they they right. they would rather have a better tournament scene than to get like two boxes of whatever the last set was called. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, this is one of those things where. I feel like the Pokemon company rode on a wave of really great 
like like your core game was really good your side games were really good and then when scarlet violet hit like the cracks that were there just got wider and they are mostly unprepared on how to actually attempt to make this better because i feel like they have like half a vision of what they want these tours to look like and how they want this to go but they haven't solidified it enough to make really difficult choices they seem to be doing that thing like we have we know what the vibe is so let's make decisions sort of based around the vibe which is like never a good way to sort of start approaching these things and this story it fits in with a decision of a corporation that just does not have a solid vision of how they're going to how they want to move forward how they're going to fix the actual issues and don't have a way of actually dealing with their customer base right like they just don't have an idea of what they want to do or how to deal with it and i'm going to say that kind of universally across almost every pokemon product that is happening right now go doesn't have a good idea how to deal with it unite doesn't have a good idea how to do with it hey, really niantic knows for sure they want you outside and walking <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that uh so like overall i think they are in a very unusual place where you feel like it sort of feels like trying to explain to your well to my parents your grandparents like these are what memes are, right? Like <laughs> they've heard of it. They don't understand the importance of it and they don't see the value of it. And they don't understand why people younger than them do. And I feel like that is where we're at with the Pokemon company right now. Like they understand is important, but they don't understand why and are not capable of making decisions to fix the actual problems. I feel like this is also a... We've gotten so big across all all things, cards, yeah. games, yeah. TV, spinoffs. We don't have the proper people in place. Mm -hmm. On mm -hmm. top of, we still have a, probably a small amount of people in Japan that make the decisions for everyone. We know that this is for sure true because... The Pokemon Company International still has to get approval from the Pokemon Company for things. We've talked about how that's affected things before. And because Pokemon is so big now, it feels like the people up top, there's not enough people there yeah. to be making decisions quickly enough or adequately enough for this entire I company. Mean, having been in large share persons, there's plenty of people at the top. The issue is, is they're unwilling to give up control, right? Like you don't need 50 people to approve anything. You need 10 to improve the most important things. And you need to trust that the people below you are capable of making good decisions that actually support your company. And it is 100% a trust issue. And the fact that they at the top who don't understand why these things are important like you you don't you only ever need one person to say yes 
that's all you ever need. And having a hundred different people tends to mire it down in, well, you didn't ask the right group. That is that is a complicated structure that needs to go away. You need to be able to empower the people who are actually running those areas to make decisions without you. And they just don't allow that to happen. They just have zero faith in their corporate structure and the people that work for them to make the best decisions possible. Because you can see that in their mind, they're trying to avoid scandal. But by having such a delayed process, they are creating scandal. Like they don't understand that if you loosen up and trust your employees who are in charge of these things, you'll get different scandals, but you're getting scandals no matter what. And you can respond to them faster if you trust your lower employees. It's just frustrating because I feel like every time we hear. Like, like, obviously, the three of us love Pokemon <laughs> and we report on Pokemon news. But like when we report about the competitive side of things, we don't report on like, well, the, the, these are the best teams that what like because right. there are other websites that do that kind of stuff. But also, like, that stuff doesn't ever make it into mainstream, right? Like, you're not seeing, like, a mainstream website report that, like, like this dolphin Pokemon is dominating the VG. <laughs> like, you don't see that. But what you do see... You see all that with never Pachirisu. believe who's at number five. But, <laughs> Just need another Pachirisu. But, but you... I feel like anytime Pokemon VGC competitive stuff makes mainstream news, it's always something terrible. And then people mm -hmm. on the outside look at it and they'll be like, yep, look at those little kids playing their little Pokemons. Like, of course, it's going to be run poorly. And it's like, this is this is not what we want. We 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 like because there there is such like a skill and there's so many ver variations of Pokemon. And like sometimes you look at a Pokemon oh, yeah. team and you're like, oh, the top yeah. four teams all run this dolphin. And it's like, yeah, but their teams are so different behind. Yeah. The, the, the dolphin itself and like people play in a certain play style and it's like really cool once you get into competitive pokemon of how like deep and how much skill is there and how complicated of a game it is and it just sucks that every time vgc is brought up as like an esport or like a mainstream thing or like on the same like pedestal of like valorant or or whatever current competitive game is is popular it's we're just like a, a joke to people it's just like everyone just points at us and laughs and goes like bunch of kids playing this video game <laughs> it's just like like can't help but like blame the pokemon company of not not treating this as serious as they should be like on right. the surface it looks like they're treating it serious but as we dive deeper into these problems it's like they don't have a good structure right for these events and they for these tournaments and it's just it who wants to pay $90 to be like, I don't know, this thing's like barely held together. It's why I left TCG. Yeah. I like people when yeah. people always find the podcast, like new people always come in. And it, it, like even even last week on my Twitch stream, somebody's like, Steve, you played the TCG because I was opening booster packs. Oh, by the way, the T and when this podcast goes up, TCG oh is dead. It, they just closed it, by the way. So that's break breaking news. Uh, breaking TCG oh is dead. So I had to panic <laughs> open like five hundred packs because they would have been not transferred to TCGL. So I'm um, opening packs. Somebody's like, Steve, you used to play competitive. 
TCG. And I was like, for three years, every single weekend, I would load up a car with my friends and we would drive two to four hours to some sort of city in the middle of nowhere hosting a tournament. And we would spend all day, get no lunch breaks, have the judges make the wildest calls because like, who is going to judge the judge? We're in the we're in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and this judge is making the wildest. Like, oh, I, I like I guess this is a DQ, even though like it shouldn't be a DQ. Like, this is a two prize penalty. This should be a DQ. Why is this a two prize penalty? It was just like you, the tournament structure, not like anyone in particular, but the tournament structure is not respecting my time. Players are bullying judges. That sucks. Like, uh, we're getting gaslight in matches and no one's doing anything about it. And, like, I'm not even treated like a human being of, like, can I get a 15-minute lunch break? Nope. Like, keep playing. Like, who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah. It's, again, they want something that they don't want to invest in. It's one of those things where you sort of think like, oh, they feel like that it's a nice to have. This is a yes. nice thing to do for our groups, but it's something it's that not they, necessary they feel for our they company. should do. Right. They feel like they should be building this out, that they feel like it's important to have this be a part of the Pokemon brand, but it's not structurally sound. And they, they just don't have a view. They don't have a vision. Like you can look at it and go, you just don't you don't have training for your judges you don't have consistency you don't have you don't even update your marketing you you don't have these you like you the people who ultimately end up making these decisions don't necessarily understand the decisions that you're making because you're not investing anything into it and it's it is hard to say what they want to do like do they just want it to die do they just no longer think it is, especially since COVID happened, that they just don't feel like this is a viable thing for There's them no anymore? way they just want that I mean, to, like, but they make yeah, worlds when you go to them bigger in person, and bigger it's a bigger and bigger year. thing every year. Yeah, but it, it, the, the thing is, is like, that's the two messages that you have. You want it big, but you also feel like you want it to not exist anymore because you don't invest in it. So... They are stuck in this weird parallel of, yeah, this is really important, but not important for enough for us to pay attention to it in in a meaningful way. I don't know how like Street Fighter or Tekken or League of Legends or Valorant. I don't know how their tournament structures are run on the back end. Um, I'm not in those scenes, but maybe if I was more deep in those scenes, we would hear like similar issues of. I mean, I'm fairly, I mean, I'm, I'm surface level deep in magic. And as from what I can tell, they are run immensely better than this. Like they are, they are pretty strict about things. You know, they have solid rotations. They have exact formats. They have, you know, the exact same judges. And I, I, I will say from my limited experience, I have rarely heard the same quality of issues on the magic tournament that I hear in the Pokemon TCG tournament. Um, but if, the, if like, 
I feel like this this season is already the the ship has already sailed, right? We're we're gearing up for we're oh, gearing yeah. up for worlds. Yeah, it's worlds gone. It's gone. Months. But like, oh man, I can't even I can't even stop thinking about like tuning into the first stream tournament because I think I, I like I like like I love having those on on the weekend. Like I'm I'm cleaning the house, um, like putting furniture together that I should have put together a year ago, and then I have it on the background, and then like. Something exciting happens and you look and there's plenty of downtime in between matches, which is both a good and bad thing. But like. I was just so blown away that like when that first two like two tournaments, but they haven't changed it, by the way. And like I'm seeing everything like Zashi and Zamazenta, like like mm-hmm. Stonejourner. And I'm like, they didn't upgrade the gra- like the the title cards or anything. They're still using the same stuff. Like this is a brand new game. Like how is this not? a priority and then literally like a month later wolfie glick did his invitational with a bunch of content creators wolfie glick a very good player um and i was like oh let's tune into this and the production quality of that thing was mind-blowing it was so good and i was like this guy is just not just a youtuber (laughs) like wolfie glick is very great like makes good youtube content very good player but i was like this is insulting. Like the Pokemon company sh- is a billion dollar company that should be at like, one- you just have to, s- I-, I know it's not as easy yeah. as just, just do this. But like <laughs> when you're starting a brand new game for a brand new season, something that's going to go for pretty much a full year from October to August, there wasn't any pre-planning of like, what is our, what is our tournament structure visually going to look like? On all of these Twitch streams that we have planned, which is, what, 20 plus? Like, it feels like it's almost every weekend there's a tournament somewhere. We don't have anyone to sit there and just, okay, let's replace the Zashi with Sprigatito. Let's replace the Zamazenta with Fuecoco. Like, let's, like, make the colors purple and orange because that's what Scarlet and Violet is. Not red and blue, which was Sword and Shield. Like, no one thought of that? This is, this is what makes me laugh is this is exactly the same thing that happened. So I went out to LA and did D&D Live in 2019. So I did that. All of us sort of community streamer people, actual people, went out there, ran side streams for them live, essentially for free. We, I did not get paid. I had to pay my entire way out there. But whatever. 2020, everybody's gearing up again, and they're like, community people where, where none of you can come. It's online only because of COVID. None of you are invited and we're going to just do all celebrities. It was shocking at how bad it was. Cameras falling over. They were doing like a cooking show and the camera was never focused on the food. I mean, people, streamers in the community were sitting there like everybody who watched it. I was talking to friends like we all know how to fix all of this. And they just said, oh, we'll just do it house because it looks so easy. It's the same sort of issue. It's like, <laughs> you know. Get these people to do it. But again, nobody wants to work for free and you are going to have to pay these people something. And it's obvious when you don't want to spend the money. It's obvious because the quality suffers so greatly from people who do it in their spare time for free because they love it. And then you see them do it professionally and you're like, this is laughable (laughs) how bad it is. And these are famous people who are used to acting, who should know how to run cameras. And it is shocking because they just didn't take the time or effort just were like well just we just do whatever 
And that's the same feeling I get a lot of times when I see things. It's like somebody's and they're like, well, we don't have time. We don't want to pay for so just do whatever. And yeah. again, that is the problem of just deciding it's not important enough to invest in. Big events are hard and easily underestimated. Oh, yeah. Even I helped with my mom's wedding a year ago, and that was hard. Just making sure everything was set up, making sure things didn't fall through the cracks. It's so easy for something small mm -hmm. or something that you're not looking at as you're setting up to fall through the cracks. I had for my wedding, my friend Anne agreed. Thankfully, she's one of my best friends, but she is a stage manager as a profession or she was. She's gotten out of it since then. Nothing. On top of literally everything. I mean, she was she, she. So if you ever see if you watch the half bowl halftime show for the Super Bowl of 1993, that was in Minnesota. She was a stage manager for that. Uh, it's hilarious. It was the last one. It was so it's so bad. It's called Winter Magic. Watch it. It is one of the worst things you'll ever have watched. Uh, but like she like as a professional knew it, all the things that I didn't. No, for sure. Like, I have some yeah. ideas of how it's supposed to work. Nah, she was like, nope, we'll get to this, to this. I'm going to be standing by the DJ for this. Write up your sound cues, write up the timing, what words they should come after, get this done. And then I'm going to meet with these people. We're going to talk about when the tables need to be moved. Like, that sort of organizational brain is so important. And when they just decide not to invest in that person, you're like, well, this is why it's a mess because nobody knows what should be happening and what is necessary to happen like they've existed for years they're called stage managers and production managers but they cost money yeah i mean this goes back to like now me thinking about like the twitch chat and how like it is so hard to watch some of these tournaments because the for what i i don't know for sure but i am assuming that the pokey mods pokey mod 4 pokey mod 7 or whatever in twitch chat are just volunteers or just People that work at the Pokemon company that were told, hey, you need to watch the, the Twitch chat this weekend. But in reality, none of them managing Twitch chat knows how to manage a Twitch chat. And it is <laughs> yeah. like there was a there was a trans player who who won her match. And Twitch chat is like, is it, it, it he, she, her? Oh, like the standard like trans stuff that just sucks yeah all the misgendering all of the horrible and nothing horrible was moderated myth. not a single thing was yeah. moderated for for that trans player and it absolutely sucked and that, that that's like one issue and i've talked about this before there was an issue where like the stream went out and somebody somebody made like a bomb threat and they were like oh the stream went out because they found a bomb in the convention center and that person didn't like that person got a 10 minute ban and they came back in 10 minutes and started saying more terrible jokes like, no, that that this is not how we moderate Twitch chats. Like, right. There was an instance where everyone was spamming an, uh, an emote. It wasn't even like an offensive emote. It was just like a silly emote. So, of course, the moderator started timing out the people doing the emote. So more people started doing the emote. And it's like, no, just let Twitch chat run it. Like, it's just a silly emote that they were banning for. The, they get bored very easy. I promise you, if you would have left it. <laughs> They would have been they would have been bored in five minutes and gone back to the thing. Mm -hmm. But because you were timing out people using the emote, more people wanted to use the emote. This is like basic Twitch 101. Like hire people, pay them $20 an hour to sit there for your eight hour stream who actually know how Twitch chat works and have your like three Twitch chat people 
on the same page, have them in their own group chat being like, hey, what are we moderating? So we're all moderating the same. If somebody makes a offensive trans joke, do not ban them for 10 minutes. Ban them for the entire weekend for right. 48 hours. Like, I, I get that the Pokemon company doesn't want to, like, permanently ban people. If you want to give them second chances, which I don't think you should, but if you do want to give them second chances, at least ban them for that specific tournament, 48 hours, and see if they get better the next tournament. Like, right? Like, surprise, if because I know these people do not know how to use Twitch chat, you can actually click their name and see why they were banned and who banned them. And you could leave a note. Mm -hmm. Hey, why was this guy timed out for 10 minutes? Oh, he left a bomb. He made a bomb threat joke. There's nothing funny about that. Like, why, why was this 10 minutes and not permanent? Why, like, ugh! like, it makes, again, it goes back to, like, this whole Korea thing. Your tournament structure is kind of a joke. And it's why people point at us and, like, laugh at us because, like, they're, 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 like, these are not easy issues to solve, by the way. Like, I, I, I get it. But, like, if you want a serious professional st tournament structure, you need to invest in it. You need to invest in like the mm -hmm. right people. You need to pay people. You need to like stop relying on volunteers or just like, hey, moderate Twitch chat. You 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 don't use Twitch on a daily basis. Ah, that's okay. You'll figure it out. No, you won't. Like you yeah, won't no, figure you won't. it out. <laughs> like the like even Twitch chat and YouTube chat are such different like vibes. I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but like they're very different. We can't keep talking about this. It's making me mad. I'm thinking about everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot wrong. There's a lot that needs to be fixed. But what's I mean, it, new? it is. It is. Moderation problems are not limited to just the Pokemon company. And again, it is a constant issue across all aspects of almost every business that you do not understand. You don't have an idea of what you want to be as a company. And so you do not know how to moderate correctly. And you are unwilling to pay for the people that can help you do that. And it's frustrating. What's not frustrating is our break. It's refreshing. Yeah. When we come back, we had some Pokemon Go stuff to talk about. So we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN protect your online privacy. We've been doing ExpressVPN ads for a while now, but choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. When we get approached with an ad, we gotta make sure one of the hosts likes the product or uses the product. And so I'm only going to read you guys an ad that I believe in. When we were looking at VPN stuff, Will was like, I use this every day. And I was like, I have that confidence in ExpressVPN if Will's been using this before ExpressVPN even approached us. Well, here's why you, you should use it too. ExpressVPN doesn't log your online activity. A lot of cheap or free VPNs out there make money by selling your data to advertisers. ExpressVPN doesn't do that. Number two is speed. ExpressVPN uses Lightweight a new VPN protocol that they engineered to make speeds faster than ever. And number three, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. You don't need to be technical to just set it up. You can fire up the app and tap one button to connect. So protect yourself with a VPN that we use and trust. 
Use link expressvpn.com slash PKMNCAST today and get an extra three months free on your one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash PKMNCAST. One more time, visit expressvpn.com slash PKMNCST to learn more. This podcast is brought to you by Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills to your favorite streaming services or podcasts. Inflation is everywhere. Let's make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there giving you a much needed break, and that company is Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell you premium wireless service online only. It lets you order from home, you save a ton of money, your phone plans are just starting at $15 a month. And all of these plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivery on the nation's largest 5G network. I can attest, they sent me a SIM card, I played Pokemon Go, I played Pikmin Bloom, I played a lot of stuff, it all worked, I was able to text people and call people, even though I don't call that much, I was still able to get all my games in on the 5G, and it worked out great. And you can use any phone plan with Mint Mobile. I popped my SIM card in an old iPhone. Worked perfectly. To get your wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, you can go to mintmobile.com slash PKMNCAST. The promo code we always use that is mintmobile.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And you can cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month over at mintmobile.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T, of course. And we are back from our break. A couple of Pokemon Go things to go over. They launched a new season. I guess before we get to the new season... I want to talk about the good thing that happened, which was okay. the <laughs> s- <laughs> well, the new season. I think is all re- relatively exciting. Look, yeah, no, we I got think that's a pretty good thing. We we got to dunk on Niantic eventually, but before we dunk on Niantic, um, the searching for gold research day was probably the best event they've done. Gosh, in like since the fairy stuff, I think since the the Dedenne event. It might even be better than that. Honestly, yeah. I preferred the fairy and dragon event personally, but it was a really good event. I know that with the last research day, they kind of went in a different direction and had weirder, harder to accomplish tasks for that day. And they brought it back for this research day so you could actually accomplish the tasks quickly. You could actually be encountering these Pokemon that you're looking for more quickly. And as a result, people got more shinies. They, uh, I will say they did a pretty bad job at advertising this event. <laughs> yeah. It was the first thing in the new season. Yeah. Um, so I, I do feel bad if, if you, if you miss this event because it, it, it was pretty good. Uh, this morning I got a notification on my phone that the golden event happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so this was on Saturday, June 3rd. It was from two to five. Uh, the featured Pokemon were Caterpie, Magikarp, Nosepass, Sableye, Barboach. If you're like, why are none of those that po- those Pokemon don't make sense? They all they're all their shinies are gold. So there you go. Now it does make sense. Pokestops may turn gold without a golden lure. 
Uh, but roaming gimme ghoul won't appear at those golden Pokestops unless somebody uses a golden lure. And then Pokemon in the wild would be Weedle, Bellsprout, Puchiena, Weasel, Timepole, Shelmet, Stuffle. Um, some trainers might find a Lickitung or an Azumarill. Actually, I, I never saw an Azumarill, but I saw plenty of Lickitung. Uh, all of those Pokemon can be gold, except for except whatever. The, the Azumarill. Azumarill is listed as not being shiny. So <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, shiny. I mean, it is gold. It, it, it is. can be not but here. You can't catch it as yes. shiny. Um, and then they they put out a dollar ticket, which full disclosure, I paid for my dollar ticket. I gave Niantic my dollar. Sometimes Niantic gives me free tickets. So I just want to fully disclose that I, I did pay for it myself. I did not. And I still loved the event. Yes. I feel like the ticket was just sort of an add on. I like the ticket was really cool. So did you know how the ticket worked? Yep. If you were looking for one specific Pokemon. Yeah. So for those that don't uh, didn't, it was like, I think it was there was two parts to the ticket. The first part was just do five tasks. And then each of those tasks gave you one, gave you a Caterpie, one gave you a Magikarp, Nosepass, Sableye, Barboach. And then once you did those five um and you got those five encounters the second part would ask which one you cared about the most so like for me i didn't have any shiny nose pass i have seven million shiny magikarp i have like three shiny caterpie i have like six shiny sableye two shiny barboach don't need no one no one ever needs more than two shiny barboach but i was like i got no nose pass so i clicked nose pass so then it gave you 10 more tasks and those were all the they were all they would all be that pokemon so you have 10 chances of getting 10 more nose pass encounters for me. And I ended up getting two shiny nose pass from the 10. So that was cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, so there, there was boosted shiny odds. I don't know what they were. Niantic will never tell us. They felt like one in 20 ish, maybe one in 40 ish. They felt very good. Yes, they definitely felt like great shiny odds. The one of the first uh research tasks i finished was not only a shiny magikarp but a huge shiny magikarp oh, and that was a very yeah. exciting to get into the event. <laughs> biggie biggie dang um yeah i actually only played the event for an hour because it was very hot um so uh niantic we're docking points off how dare you turn up the temperature here on your event day um it, i only played i played for like an hour 15 um and i loved it it was i i got like 200 300 gimme ghoul coins because other people were putting down golden lures there were default golden oh, that's lures good. the golden pokestops part was the part that seemed a little bit lacking that i felt there could have been more around and oh, maybe yeah, yeah. you just had more because people were putting lures down i don't think anyone put a lure down in there yeah my i came across maybe two golden pokestops and i played two out of the three hours and watched I mean, a whole bunch people aren't made out of money those golden lures cost a ton <laughs> and by that reg means they cost nothing <laughs> no they uh, if you have the game <laughs> incredibly expensive to manufacture in game. <laughs> if Niantic would put a price on them, I'm sure they would be expensive. <laughs> hey, I put down a magnetic lure. I wanted to evolve a nose pass, so maybe other people evolve <laughs> their nose passes. It was just a really good event. Like, I, I, I do think, I mean, cranking up the golden lures a bit would, would help, but uh, at least in the area I played with, I think because there were golden lures, it inspired people to be like, oh yeah, I have one, I should put it down. And then if people didn't have one, there were plenty of regular lures that were up too in in my area. So um, 
it it did really feel like people were out like a community day. I thought the Pokemon selection was good. People really like Sableye. People like Butterfree. You know, I don't know how many people have Barboach or not. But, you know, for me, somebody who's playing every day, I didn't have a nose pass. I tried to get a nose pass when I was in Vegas. It didn't happen. The selection of like wild Pokemon like Puchiana, Bellsprout, Weasel. Like I, th- I thought the Pokemon selection were good. I thought that like the theme of the event of all of them being gold was good. The, the golden lures were good. Um, like more of this. Like this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is going back to an event that has historically been good. The research days are good. They changed it up a little bit by adding this cool colored based theme and they focused a lot on Pokemon that were kind of rare shinies in the past. So yes, this this was great. This event was better than all of Rising Heroes combined. <laughs> it was though. <laughs> Seriously. But it but Rising Heroes had heroes that rose. <laughs> Rising Heroes, you got one Ella kid wearing a bracelet that you couldn't see. You couldn't see it. I had to change the way I am naming my naming scheme for my shinies just because you can't see that costumed pokemon at all <laughs> yeah and uh and i think that i think the dollar was worth it to people who were okay spending a dollar and i think that if you didn't spend the dollar you still got a good event it wasn't like one of those things where like oh the dollar people got better or shiny odds or they're like it, it wasn't that it was you know you got a couple more encounters um and if you were really focused on you know trying to get that nose pass like i got a nose pass outside of spending the dollar um, I think I ended yeah. up with like three of them. So I think the I think this is the, the right way to do it. was kind of a helpful tool. But yeah, it didn't feel necessary. It felt like a, a fun thing you could do if you were looking for a specific Pokemon. Yeah. And that that felt perfect. I think the the only thing they could have maybe done better is like advertise this a little bit better. But I guess maybe <laughs> that's a double edged sword, whether like it hyped it up too much because I had yeah. no expectations going in. Maybe that's why I liked it so much, because my expectations were on the floor, and then I did this the event. The research like, days are good. The research days are usually some of the better events. It was just the last one that had some issues. Yeah. But, like, this is a good example of, like, you've made your game fun, and you didn't rely on raids. Yes, exactly. And uh, they need to stop having every single new feature, like Megas, Ultra Beasts, shadow pokemon they all just rely on raids now well shadow pokemon didn't used to rely on raids but the last of it they relied on raids <laughs> i think uh, they're very stuck in and we'll talk about this with the interview but i think they're very stuck in raids being the primary way to get people to go outside and i think they might be having some trouble thinking farther outside of that box yup if and when they ever do z moves because i think they will if they also put that behind raids, uh, I'm just. Mm, <laughs> there are so many other ways you could. Maybe not. I would need to think about that more. Let's talk about this uh, season. The season of uh, what's it called? Hidden gems. Yep. The season of hidden gems. The season where we all know which Pokemon is coming with uh, Go Fest. <laughs> <laughs> is, did there is there not a general blog, blog post about hidden gems? I nope, the... there is not. It is just no. an infographic on Twitter. Yep. Oh, they have yep. stopped doing the blog posts. Yeah, There's a calendar <laughs> where they accidentally leaked some of the future events that they didn't mean to talk about. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, if you leak it yourself, then you don't have to worry about random discords <laughs> leaking it for you. Correct. Yep. That's the 5D chess. Uh, well, this seems like a pretty good season. 
Yeah, so uh, they we we will have a festival beach week coming up, um, uh, which will debut Sandy Gas in Palo Sand. That will be uh, on Tuesday, June sixth through Monday, June twelfth. So that's coming up this week. Uh, you'll be able to find Sandy Gas and Palo Sand. Palo Sand is just fifty Sandy Gas candy, so nothing wild or crazy there. You don't have to like go to a beach and like turn your phone upside down to like get a Palo Sand. A global challenge will take place. Trainers around the world will have to throw. 300 million nice throws to unlock bonuses for everyone. Uh, if we do that, you'll get increased candy for nice, great, and excellent. Increased chance for trainers above level 31 to get XL candy. Your wild encounters, then- because it is beach week, will be Tentacool, Shelter, Krabby, Alolan Executor. That makes sense. Um, Horsey, Staryu, Meryl, Wingle, Wellmers, Feel, Finion, Dwebble, Frillish, Launcher, and some trainers might find Manteen. Or Poplio. It's Manteen because it's Mantyke, like Tyke to Teen. And then hopefully in Gen 10, we'll get Mandalt. We're all very much awaiting the Mandalt debut. Uh, research encounters will be Lapras wearing a scarf. Not to be confused with the Lapras wearing the weird hair tie thing that you could only get one of. The Lapras. It's not the hair clip. It's also not really a scarf. It's yeah, it's definitely a ribbon. <laughs> it's not a, just, who's working at Niantic? Do we not know the difference of a scarf and a ribbon? It's a bow tie, if anything. It's a bow tie, mm-hmm. if anything else. It's a bow tie. So field research will give you Lapras, Frillish, Binnacle, Binnacle? Binnacle. Binnacle. Clauncher, Sandy Gas. Certain field research will give you mega energy for Blastoise and Swampert. Spotlights for Oh, wait, is this the whole... Is Spotlight Hour multiple Pokemon? It is. Yep, because it is within the Water Festival. Okay, so it's your Spotlight... special Spotlight Hour. <laughs> your special Spotlight will be Krabby, Kabuto, Corfish, Clauncher, and Crabrawler. Uh, Rainy Lures will last four, four times. So two hours instead of 30 minutes. I don't know why they just don't say that. I think time is <laughs> universal. <laughs> Uh, there will be a timed research for $5 for the low, low price. Okay, Greg, let me see if we can convince you to get this $5 research. Here we go. When you complete the research, you will earn a surfer pose on your I'm avatar. <laughs> I'm out. I'm watching it in action. It is terrible. You don't like the Beach Boys? <laughs> swim and swim. I don't know. If there that's is the one band that I hate above all others, and that band is the Beach Boys. Really? I hate with a fiery passion everything that beach boys does and this includes christmas music i make a lot of allowances a lot of allowances (laughs) for christmas never for the beach boys they are horrifying to me (laughs) well uh on the plus side greg you only get the pose so (laughs) i guess you're out I mean, you get things to do, right? Like, that's the whole point of research is, like, do these 18 things, and at the end you get the pose. I like paying somebody to give me a bunch of tasks I have to do. That is my ideal transaction. So I should just go and be like, hey, mortgage company, here's $20 because I have to clean my house. I actually like having more things to do in Pokemon Go. I would consider the research if I liked the pose, because I generally do like poses. This one looks silly. It's bad. If it actually Especially had since they're a not on something, it yeah. looks like they're drunk. It looks like they just <laughs> they are so wasted that they have no idea how to stand anymore. I think you've convinced some people now to get it by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
Uh, your one-star raids will be Alolan Diglett, Hisuian Quillfish, Carvana, Feebas, Sandygas. Uh, three-star raids will be Blastoise, which apparently can be shiny. Gyarados can be shiny. Maybe they fix this? Are they fixing this? Are Gen 1 Pokemon can be now shiny? In ra- no, because these are which Megas. Ones? Yeah, those can Mega. Uh, so never mind. Uh, Lapras wearing a scarf, Alola Mola. Uh, Asia Pacific will be Uxie. Uh, Europe, Middle East, Africa, India, Mesprit, five stars in America and Greenland, Azelf, Mega Raids are Swampert, those are active right now. Swolpert. They have released a Sandy Gas hat, a diver outfit, and diver goggles in the store. They did update the, the Avatar stuff. It is much better. Uh, the bar was on the floor, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have socks? Uh, there are socks now. Yeah, I think they added socks like a year or two ago. Yeah, there have been some. It's better. I am looking forward to seeing what they do with more avatar customization potentially in the future. We will see where it goes from here. I think that this update may be preparing for that. We <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> I've definitely given them that feedback time and time again um, about how important the avatar stuff is for people, uh, myself included. Uh, they also announced the next community day, which is this upcoming weekend, which is Axu. Uh, no surprise here. Um, Axie will be Saturday, June 10th from 2 to 5, which I thought like when the summer stuff happens, they start moving it earlier in the day because it's not as hot. Nope. No. I feel like it's the other way around. Oh. It's earlier in the day during the winter because it's not as dark. Oh. Hmm. Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, Axie can evolve into Haxorus. Uh, it'll get access to Breaking Swipe. Um, your bonuses are three times for catching, two times for catching XP, two times catching candy, um, more XL lure modules lasting three hours, uh, incense lasting three hours, surprise, snapshot surprise, wonder what it'll be. Who knows? It could be anything at this point. Really? What Pokemon is going to show up on Axie Community Day when you take a snapshot? The possibilities are limitless, if by limitless we mean about 900 choices. (laughs) One additional special trade. Isn't the, like, season bonus one extra trade anyways? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why they keep kind of clarifying one additional on two. So so this would be three. Yeah. So three special trades. So all of this season, for the next three months, you'll be able to do two special trades a day. Uh, Um, Let me... Are you certain about that? Let me. That's something I would want to double check. I thought that was in the app right now. And then uh, trades will be 50% less Stardust. Greg, we're not okay. lucky friends right now. so I know that there is the Boom. extra candy and there is the extra XL candy. And that's what I've been focusing on because I'm not around enough people to special trade that much every <laughs> yes. day. So current season hidden gems are seasonal Pokemon found in the wild. Seasonal Pokemon hatching for eggs. One extra special trade. So that's for the next 88 awesome. days. Extra candy when trading, guaranteed XL candy when trading. So those are all. Why the isn't it on this infographic? I'm looking at this infographic, and it's got no. You know, no one said Niantic was good at infographics. Hmm. They're getting better. They are hmm. getting better for sure. <laughs> the other thing to note is that a seasonal bonus for the last couple seasons were increased raid damage when remoting in. They have removed that, and now when you remote in, your damage is normal. It is no longer a bonus. It is permanent. Um, That's not quite what happened, I think. They did remove the bonus 
being so in, it was increased from what it was in, going to end up being. Their plan was to have your damage as you were remoting in be lower than if yes. you were in person. And they have scrapped that plan. Yes. Basically. So when you remote in, you will do normal damage, which has always been normal damage. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't changed. It's just right. been it was kind going of to clarified change. that it's not going to change. It was supposed to be less damage, and Niantic just decided after 14 million seasons to scrap that. So um, that's a small win in the grand scheme of remote raided raids, I suppose. And they'll still have the, like, if you missed community day and you do a raid at a gym, which would be Fracture, it'll make more Axie spawn and stuff. I, I'm sure some people are taking advantage of that. So yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna tell you now. I'm gonna be late because this is also grad season, and my two nephews' grad party are that day. How dare Niantic plan Axie? They they should. <laughs> I put it on their calendar, Janine. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that Go Fest this year will feature Gumi the next Pokemon in line and they I'm going to guess that they're going to turn Gumi shiny and they're going to put Gumi in one star raids and people are going to run out and do as many Gumis as possible and then they're going to announce Gumi Community Day in June of 2024 and then people are going <laughs> to complain that their Gumi is no longer rare or special. They've only done this for what? Three years in a row now? I'm people are starting to get, get used to it. Gumi. Gumi is a good shiny too. Look, but yeah, for that year, you were the king. That's true. That you, you when you put that high. you had a shiny Axew on your LinkedIn profile, you were getting oh. all the job offers. Uh, all of them. That's that is my current strategy. I list <laughs> all of the shinies that I have. But now that Axew will be out and worthless. I took it off. Yeah, you got to take it off. it off. It's just insulting, I really. St I still have though. Google certified Pokemon master that get, that opens many, many doors. So, so far, this season's off to a great start. Everything seems really good. The first Not everything. <laughs> okay, wait, what's bad? Sorry. What did I miss? There's, there's one thing. The raid day, I think the raid event for Uxie, Mesprit, and Azelf is not a great idea following the remote raid changes because those three Pokemon are still locked regionally. Region locked, yeah. And so, because oh wait, you can remote being, raid into an Uxie? You can, but only five times, and they can be oh. shiny this time. So that's that's uh, maybe not great. Yeah, it's I it's mean, not just, pleasant. Just give Niantic your money. Do it five times a day, every <laughs> single day. Your uh, sunk cost fallacy. You'll eventually get the shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just if I was running it, I wouldn't have included that, or I would have made them not locked regionally. I think that they are. I mean, they're trying to make shinies more rare again, at least legendary. It's too late. And yep. You're gonna put that in a hot hat. Make shinies rare again. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm out. Quitting. I quit what everything. Color? What color? We can't do red. Red's already taken. Yellow. Gold. Yeah, gold. It has to be gold. I'll get it up on the story SP. And then what you do is you sell two versions. You make one with stars and one with squares, squares. and then you convince <laughs> one or the other group that one is more rare than the other. I love this. It's a whole marketing thing we got going now. Hannah, well, you're coming on here with 200 IQ ideals. Like, just, you know, 
Look, the fewer morals we have, the more money we'll make. Perfect. Hey, uh, speaking of morals, let's talk about this Niantic interview. I tried. I could not get through it. I tried. So, I uh, Michael, the game director, is that his official title? Mm-hmm. Yep. So pretty much the dude in charge of most of Pokemon Go that isn't probably constantly wearing a suit. Uh, those people would be above Michael. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if anyone in that area is going to be wearing a suit constantly, honestly. <laughs> probably jeans and a t-shirt's more there. Go no, you always you always have like the corporate structure of like the chill game director and then all the suits above, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you have the CEO, aka John Hankey, that goes back to regular <laughs> clothes. But you have this like <laughs> middle area where it's like <laughs> anyways. So office stress code policy, like there need to be a lot more books written about how wild that whole thing is. Michael went down to Australia to one, participate in Mewtwo Raid Hour, Shadow Mewtwo Raid Hour, I should clarify, because Australia is the second region to get raids, New Zealand being the first, obviously. And then Michael also went down to meet up with Zoe, two dots, who is a content creator in Pokemon Go, who I guess you could say has a slight advantage as a very big content creator in Australia to get these events first, to then post about the events before they roll out to America, which is good because then people who watch Zoe can, Americans that watch Zoe can be like, oh, this event is worth it or not worth it. Um, Actually, honestly, because of Zoe's video being like, hey, this event was really good. That put the gold thing on my radar of like, oh, I should make time on Saturday to do this because Zoe said it was good and I trust Zoe's opinion. <laughs> um, I think I have no inside information. I promise you. I also think that maybe Michael went down there to scout out an area for a potential Australian event. He was only there for 48 hours. That's true. That's a lot of time. <laughs> but if they already had an event in mind, like a location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Zoe's in a pretty big... Is she not in... Sydney? Sydney, I think. Yeah. It would either be in Sydney or it would be in... What's what's the other big... There's only two Australian cities it would possibly be in. Sydney and whatever the other one is. The one by Perth, but not Perth. <laughs> I can't remember what that is right now. <laughs> there, they, they, It's been seven years. There is no way that Australia will continue not getting events, right? Like, they have to eventually pull the trigger on, like, oceanic area, right? Like, we we get a national... We get an NAI... Not an NAIC, an O... Whatever the the, the VGC structure is down there. Hmm. Because uh, EUIC is Europe. NAIC. I think it's... Is it O? Is it just AIC? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Anyways. Is it OIC for oceanic... It is, it is a little weird to be like, here's your whole business expense to go down here to play Pokemon. I mean, he's the director. You can do whatever he wants, but yeah. I mean, I, and the interview. And the interview. The interview, testing out Shadow Mewtwo raids, getting to be part of the community, which does have value in itself. Like, for sure, any game director or any manager that wants to play in a new area. This was a thing, too. Um, you know, Right when the... Right when the pandemic lifted, Niantic was asking us as content creators to go down to areas where they were featuring. That's why I went down to a St. Louis community day, um, the one that got rained out. 
uh, but because there were supposed to be Niantic employees there. And the whole point of that was Niantic employees and content creators playing with a community so they could get more feedback. That's where I met like the the lady who made the mega stuff. We talked about that on the show and that was re- like really, really cool. That was I did not go. I did not know she was going to be there. I just went like, OK, like I'll go to St. Louis. I Unfortunately, it rained out that that weekend. But so Zoe posted an hour and a half interview in her interview with michael and uh she got questions from twitter she had her own questions um lesson that i've picked up is that if you see a content creator who has a good relationship with niantic posting the question if you could ask niantic one question what would it be there's going to be an interview because this is the exact (laughs) same question as last time who did it last time though it was nick though wasn't it nick nick interviewed kestrel kestrel yes and they are the community manager, not game director. So they're in charge of overseeing. At the time, Kestrel's title was head of community development for Pokemon Go. Yes. I went back and rewatched that kind of alongside this interview, kind of seeing the differences and where things have gone between the two. Yeah, Kestrel's great. Uh, so I have all the questions here. I don't know if we need to go through all of them. Uh if well, we'll start with Hannah though. What what do you want to talk about first? What question slash answer was? <laughs> um, Greg couldn't so make it to here. this interview, and I, I made it through Look, it two times. I, I have sat through so many town halls from corporate people who tell their version of the truth, uh, and it is always very much an answer to not the question that's being asked. Um, that like within the first few minutes, I'm like, I, I, I'm out. I cannot do another one of these because, again, this isn't this is honest. It, it just it, it, I, I didn't want to spend an hour and a half of my time. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> screaming at the at the at the screen. I've, I've done that for most of my career. And I guess the way I'm going at it as someone who is younger and much more naive with this sort of thing is. I'm picking this up as this is where we go from here. This is what they are set on. We need to work with this. We need to figure out where we go from here off of what they are saying now. And I think that the main thing I saw in the way people were reacting. So I was trying to look. Before before Hannah starts, can I just say nothing in this interview surprised me. And if you are listening to this show. And listening to what Greg, Will, Hannah, myself have been saying, all of the answers are exactly what we have been saying. Yeah, yeah. they're they're exactly what we expect them to be. Like there was there was a point. I'm sorry, Hannah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. There was a point where Michael says, we want our game to be different. There are so many games you can play on your couch. We want you to go outside. Which is a hundred percent the answer I expected Michael to give to oh, yeah. differentiate his game because that's what we've been saying on the show for like seven years. They, <laughs> I mean, they, that that is for whether or not you like it, that does make their game unique. Right. Yeah. the The issue that I've had with that answer, and the issue that I have even here, is there is not. A company that exists that doesn't want to go after every market they can get to, right? So when a company says, 
we want to differentiate ourselves. What's being hidden under there is we're being told that we can't compete. Mm -hmm. So there's no way when everybody's on their phone and every app is fighting for your time sitting on your couch that Pokemon Go is also not going after that market if they were allowed to do so. I mean, they're keeping PvP. Right. Just saying that. That's still kind (laughs) of an on-your-couch thing. So when they say we want to differentiate, what we can look at behind is the corporate speak of they didn't get the crossover they wanted for Let's Go Eevee. It didn't go the way they had planned. They are being informed to take their product in a different direction and focus on the thing that they can do because there again there isn't a company in the world that doesn't want to go after every customer and every aspect they can get and when that's infringing on somebody else in the same company they're going to be told you need to stop it is pulling funds away or it's creating brand confusion or it, whatever reason they were given. So when they say we want to differentiate, understand that they were told that they need to differentiate. By the Pokemon Company. By the Pokemon Company. They, the Pokemon Company wants you to buy Scarlet and Violet and sit on your couch. And sit on your couch and play those games. And when and when you're outside, they want you to play another Pokemon game. Right. And some of, I mean, Pokemon Go has been focused on going out and exploring the whole time. We can say that. We know that. And I think that this is nuanced i don't think it's wrong for the core tenets of the game to be community exploration and exercise but i do think that that's a hard thing to make equitable in a large scale game where players can trade pokemon and compete directly that said that said i do think it is possible for niantic to make the game more equitable than it is right now i also think like i said earlier today that they need to think more out of the box than just raids. Yeah, I, I I think the focus on the exploration and all of that was there sort of from the beginning. But I think it was a this is what we want you to do. This is, you know, we kind of want you to explore. And then really all of that was a nice to have and proved it was a nice to have during covid well we're still in covid but during the severe lockdowns and honestly the renewed focus on that it it, it's easy to say and they can point to that saying this is what we wanted from all all along but your product proves and has been proven that it's not vital to your game for those tenants to be followed and that there is an external reason that you're heavily enforcing it now and you're heavily enforcing in a way that does hurt members of your community that found a lot of value in your game and they still have never come up with a great answer to that oh they answered one part (laughs) oh they they definitely answered and a lot of people didn't maybe you're thinking of a different place than i am steve a lot of people i think didn't pick up on one sentence that was said in the interview where Michael said that they are currently working on additional solutions for players that were negatively impacted by the remote raid changes. The amount of times a company <laughs> says that with nothing to show for it 
It is a way to get people to say, well, they're working on something. It's a way to shut up distractors. I'm sorry, when you don't have solid solutions and you say we're working on it, they have been working on things now for four years and you have nothing to show for it. It is an empty corporate statement. That's like that's like Steve saying we're working on Will getting back on the show. <laughs> hey, he said Will has said that he'd be willing to come back on. Yeah, but it is not a he's not coming back full t- like that is a way of saying if he shows up once, we fulfilled that promise. Like it is a hollow statement. And it's frustrating when they can when they say those things and don't actually point to anything so because Greg, do you think this game should just be about raids then because that's kind of what i'm i'm hearing you say that the the player base wants this game to just be raids and i don't think I don't, this game is just raids I, I don't think that this game should just be raids but i do think that they need to look at like making community day spawns Rehappen again for people that can't go out into open spaces or into closed spaces or, or the way that they're run now. I, I do think they still need to resolve the fact that if you have a get up and go and explore, the fact that you use cell phone traffic to drive spawn rates. So if you're in the middle of nowhere, your spawns are next to nothing and you don't have a resolution for that. Like it's it's much yeah. deeper than just rating. It's it yeah. is the fact that you that I am in the middle of a downtown area, which is still antithetical to to how Pokemon is supposed to be, which is out in the wild. When I'm out in the wild, nothing shows up and you've yes. never resolved that. When I walk more like you do a 15 minute daily incense, which is cool for 15 minutes, but it still doesn't sort of resolve the a lot of those issues around how your game supports all people equally it's it's much farther than beyond a raid it's the fact that if i don't have stops near me i have to purchase pokeballs like there are taxes on people who don't have busy streets busy cities and busy places i think i mean michael michael talked about that which was pretty much we can't make a game for everyone (laughs) just kind of like moved on that is that is that is a corporate answer like that is the answer of them saying we're not really going to fix these issues. That's I mean, what it is. You just suggested some fixes. There are possible fixes. There are ways to make this game more equitable. There are. I mean, like it's not impossible. Is that? I'm, I'm saying that we can come up with it. I'm saying that I don't think they are invested in that. Like, I think we that there come- are people at Niantic, especially after having gone and re-listened to Kestrel's interview with Nick. From last year or however long ago that was um yeah i think there are people at niantic who do really care oh there are i guarantee it there are in a million places <laughs> there yeah. are a ton of people that really care that are lower employees is it's getting the upper people who make the decisions who do the budgets to also care I and mean, i don't know that necessarily exists and again we're, we're talking about the fact that we have we're seeing it in a lot of other aspects of Pokemon, we have a very locked down communication style and approval style at the Pokemon company. Like we have a lock at the stop at the at the very top that I don't see breaking anytime soon. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this goes back to people being like, the Pokemon company should take the game away from Niantic and give it to somebody else. Like, one, name one other company that's, like, doing nothing <laughs> that's like, we would love yeah. to work at, like, like... <laughs> I mean, this if is your video game company isn't actively making a game or doesn't have right. a deal. Uh, you're probably out of business. Right? I mean, this is the Dire Wolf TCG problem. Yeah, they took it away from Dire Wolf and they've made a worse product. And I <laughs> like wish they I didn't could give they didn't give Dire Wolf the money they needed. They took it away to make something else. They aren't putting the money in there either. It's it's this. They are growing at a rate that I don't think they can keep on top of what they want their uh, on top of what their audience needs i think as much as i hate saying this niantic is the right company right now to be managing and making pokemon go i do I mean, not the whole game is built on their own internal system <laughs> you can't you can't yeah. separate pokemon go and niantic i right. mean they um, did with the yeah. tcg <laughs> i like they rebuilt the whole thing from scratch from direwolf digital I don't know if it's the same thing. I feel like Niantic probably has some sort of thing trademarked with that type of game. Yeah, maybe. But like even, you know, again, if if somebody else is running it, does that mean like the game suddenly gets better? No, because I think the the issues with Pokemon Go are at a more like if, if you I don't know, I always use the, if you live in like Appleton, Wisconsin, and you're like community days suck here and there's not enough spawns. Well, yes, you're in Appleton, Wisconsin. That's your first problem. Number two is like, could you drive the the three hours to Milwaukee and have a much better experience? A hundred percent. If you drive an extra hour to Chicago, because Chicago is an hour south of Milwaukee, you will have an even better experience. And Milwaukee is the 26th biggest city in the United States. It's huge. Chicago is what, like? the eighth biggest city in the oh, United States. Yeah, it's huge. Like, it, like, there's such a huge difference between Milwaukee and Chicago when it comes to, like, spawns and, and gyms and Pokestops and, and people playing, right? Appleton, Wisconsin isn't even, like, that small of a city. And they have their own problems. For Ni- Even, I don't know how many people work at Niantic, even for a thousand people to be working at Niantic, to, like, try to individually improve every single town village city is just it's an literally an impossible task without having community people go on and submit pokey stops and uh for what what's that called wayfair and then having Mm -hmm. other people approve the pokey stops Mm -hmm. like i've done wayfair i know some people like doing the wayfair thing um i worked on the apple map team when apple maps launched let me tell you a story i was working at apple when Apple Maps launched, it was so bad, and Apple pulled a bunch of people and was like, we need to make Apple Maps better. And so we have all of these community reports from people being like, this turn doesn't exist, this street is actually closed, this on-ramp should be like three streets down. And what Apple had us do was pull up Google Maps and compare <laughs> the two to then update Apple Maps to make it better. And like maybe that's why I don't like Wayfair cuz I sat on that project for like 3 months and I was like this is so there's it's not fun. I and and it was it was weird too because like I started doing like Milwaukee and I was like okay, I've done this, done here. Yep. Okay, fix this. Oh, I've never been to this part of Milwaukee. I don't actually know where this on-ramp should be. I don't know if this is right or not. Like, this is like 10 minutes from my house, but I've never been down this road. And, like, I can't do anywhere else. Like, I can't I can't Wayfair Austin, Texas, 
because I don't actually know if that's there or not. Like I've never been there. So like it goes back to like I can I can wayfare some of Minneapolis because I've been here for a year. But like I I I don't know if that like playground still exists down the street. I feel from like Greg's. every time I did Wayfair, it was giving me places I'd never been before. Mm-hmm, and the whole context you had, the whole context you had were just the photos that the player took to submit the Pokestop and Google Maps or Google Earth view mm-hmm. of the location. And you just kind of had to figure it out from there. I don't think I ever saw a place that I actually recognized. <laughs> Wayfair is supposed oh, to yeah. give you places to you. Like, so if there's no places to you, then it starts branching more and more out. That's, but and anyways, that's like. That's what they mentioned where they, they can't control the whole game map. That's one of the hardest things with this game. Right, right. Yeah. So they that's why, that's, that control. that's why I'm saying like Niantic has slightly improved the spawns. They have said they increased the spawns and they did during COVID and they didn't revert those back. So there are more spawns in more places. Um, and there are more Pokestops and more gyms in more places, but like. If this game lasts another seven years, these these are still going to be the same problems because the world is too big. Like there's not there's there that we you would literally need. You could add another a thousand Niantic employees to like add more stuff in the world. But it goes back to the same problem as the Apple Maps thing. I've never been there. I don't know if that exists or not. Like, yeah, I have no clue in my own city that I've lived in for 20 some years, if this street connects to this street, cause I just never drive over there. I just don't have to go in that direction ever. So like th- this problem is uh, like, I don't want to say it's unsolvable. Sure. I, these inter or this interview, all the feedback I've been looking at it a lot and thinking about it a lot and have come up with some, just my brain is just keeps coming up with ideas that maybe this could be better. Maybe this could be more equitable. Maybe that they could take the density of the spawns and stops in your area and customize the Pokemon you see based off of that player by player. Maybe they could take your average kilometers walked and customize the amount of Pokemon you can run into player by player. And that that would potentially make it more equitable, both for Players who aren't able to move as much for one reason or another, or for players who are in a rural location. I think that there are potential solutions to some of these things. But there was there was a point in the interview where we they were talking about rural, like people in the middle of nowhere, right? And this is where like Michael answered it pretty honestly, where he was like, Maybe they should play a different game. That we have other Pokemon games out there. Like if you if you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have spawns and there's no gyms, why don't you get like Scarlet and Violet? Like he didn't say like go out and buy Scarlet and Violet, right. but like like he pretty much insinuated we have other Pokemon products for people and maybe this isn't the game for you. And I'm sure like I am sure a bunch of people got really mad at that answer. But like what else? Like Niantic can't just ma- randomly teleport to your specific city, add five Pokestops, increase the Pokemon, and like. Sure, that fixes your specific city or town or village, but like, there's it, it's there's just so many. <laughs> like it's just it's just it's just a such a daunting problem to solve, and like yes, we're seven years into this game, and yes, it's gotten better in some aspects. Like not even like we're not even talking about the remote raids or like the raid system, but like as a game with Pokemon spawning and more stops and more gyms, it has gotten better. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know when I was when I was uh, in the middle of nowhere, past Duluth, wherever that where wherever that is, and I was there for five days, and I opened my phone, and the nearest Pokestop was like five miles away. It was the only one I could see on the map, and there was literally no spawns in the cabin I was staying in. And I just thought to myself, that was the first time ever in like, that would have been like two years ago. So in five years of playing Pokemon Go, that was the first time I thought to myself, if this is genuinely where I lived, which is a lot of people, yep, I would never play this game. Yep. Ever. Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. maybe like log in if I went to a big city or maybe if I was traveling on vacation, I would maybe log in. But like this... I uh, there's nothing yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, and it would have been yeah. the same case for Ingress, probably. Yep. For this, for the first game that Niantic had based on this system. Like it, it, it like even even Pikmin. I I don't open it. Like I open it maybe right before I go to bed to like send all my Pikmin out to do mushrooms, which is only three things. It takes less than sixty seconds to do that. But like Pikmin is a game that you cannot play at home. Like, at least with Pokemon, I could do, like, some management. I can, like, level up. I can do GBL. I can maybe remote into a raid. Pikmin, you can't play at home at all. You literally have to walk um, and, like, move. And if that's not the game for you, that's not the game for you. Niantic can make it better. And there are ways that they can incorporate better gameplay for players who can't get out that don't... or. Never mind. I'm getting all turned out, turned around. <laughs> there, there are ways things can improve that aren't raids. That's where I really want to go from right. here. They're so stuck on raids. Even in, in that cabin, when I open it up and there's no spawns, and I was like, okay, I'll walk that two miles to the pokey stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> even turning on the 15 minute incense, one, I, I, no one's walking two miles in 15 minutes, and two, like at that point, why am I even playing the game to get to the point of like turning on the incense, like? There are other games and like you can't even GBL at that point because you need to catch Pokemon to then power mm. them up to then sit at mm -hmm. home to do GBL. Like there was there. I, I, I think we talked about this a month ago that I read on Reddit. Somebody was like, oh, I got the Jirachi quest. But like the quest is like spin one Pokestop 14 days in a row. And they're like, my nearest Pokestop yeah. is 30 minutes away. And somebody was like, I don't mean to be rude, but why are you playing this game then? Yeah. Sorry for our, our audio listeners. I made like a shrugging, like, I don't know what to do face like. But yeah, like what? Why are you like, I know why you're playing the game because there is like Niantic did make this right. like addictive core thing when it actually works. But like, man, if you're 30 minutes away from a Pokestop, like I, I don't know how you're playing this game without like remoting raids and like throwing in money or just buying incense or buying Pokeballs. And you shouldn't be doing any of that because like. If you lived in a city, that stuff's all like there for you because you have the privilege for, of being for free. Be yeah, mm -hmm. it. They created something super appealing and super accessible to a lot of people because, like it or not, cell phones are a huge part of society, and they tapped a huge market that had never been tapped before. And I think the biggest frustration that everybody is feeling, and I'm sure Niantic is too, is they have to carve away the things that don't work to keep their game viable in their vision. And we are going to have to deal with the fact that ultimately, through whatever reasons and whatever you think, the decision has been made at a higher level that this is the game. 
And there's no amount of promising or we're working on it that is going to change that fundamental aspect of this is the game and they have to carve away the things that are not worth it monetarily. Near the end of the raid, Zoe did ask what the biggest regret was. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, Did I say near the end of the raid? Near the end of the interview. Yeah, interview. <laughs> like, <laughs> it near the like end of the interview, Zoe did ask what the biggest regret that they had was or that Michael had was, and it was how they introduced remote raids mm-hmm. and how they didn't think about it at the beginning and how how he wished they had thought more about how they were introducing them at the beginning. And that makes sense. I think he said he kind of wished they started with a limit. Yeah. With a limit, maybe at a higher price, maybe where they are now and whether whether anything would have been received differently. It and was it's it's still shocking to and me. And it's completely understandable that they they started out kind of fumbling around because it was a weird time. There was a lot going on then. But it's still kind of shocking to me that not only did remote raids launch at the same price as a regular raid, but they kept it for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I expected the price to go up or the, like, damage reduction to kick in or the the reduce, like, you do less damage because you're remoting. And I expected those to kick in, like, yeah. six months mm-hmm. to a I, year. I, and they, what was it, three plus years that both of those stayed at the reduced cost? Mm. Price price went up some. Yeah. I mean, I do often feel that a lot of the decisions, and this isn't just Niantic, but this is across a lot of companies, is because you don't have enough diversity on your groups to run these past that you don't have people who can who would actually think of the downstream effects right like you don't if you had any person on there that would have thought about like it was the same thing with the changing of the distances you know that they went back on like if you have people that who are versed in and think about the other aspects of who this is affecting you can get ahead of those things in so many ways and across the board corporations invite very specific groups to support their idea and don't tend to invite in the negative aspects the people who would say this is a problem and i I say this as a person whose entire career was the person that they called in to meetings to say this is the person that's going to point out all the problems because you're ignoring them Mm -hmm. Um, and I was often called in very late and I would come in and be like in the first five minutes why are your answers for these seven things that are real? And I have shut down in my career many projects because I was finally the person they brought in to say, this won't work, this won't work, this won't work, this won't work. These are the five things you have to solve or the four things or the three things you need to solve for this to be a success. And that just doesn't happen. And it's it often feels very clear in a lot of what's happening here and then across multiple games they aren't bringing in people who are asking those tough questions. And part of the other problem is, is we are in a great layoff time. You are laying off the people who have the knowledge because they cost more money, right? Like people who have been there for a long time, who have those skills, 
who are invested in those community things or you don't take care of them. You're driving off community managers who are getting death threats and you aren't taking care of them and they leave and they take that knowledge and they take that experience and they take those answers with them. Yeah, I mean, like it comes down to money. Do you want to invest the money into a big city where you have more customers and a those customers have a better experience playing the game or do you want to invest that money in you know, the middle of nowhere where you have less customers right. and they're already upset that their 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 right. game is not a I good mean, experience. do you want to invest in the money in me or do you want to visit in Steve and Hannah? I am not the person you're investing money in. <laughs> right? Greg's like, already bitter. Greg's already, Greg's already bitter like, and checked out of this game. Like I don't I don't enjoy the main loop of this game anymore. I don't find the daily incense stuff fun. I don't find raids interesting. I don't there are so many things that I like, you know, I have luxury ball choices. I don't ever have that in this game. I, I don't have the way to move things over. Um, there are a lot of just general life things that I prefer out of my game that I don't get in go. I don't see them coming anytime soon. So I am not the person they should write. Like I go out only to spend time with my friends. The game is secondary. I don't make time for this game anymore because I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I've gone on and off of it over the last few years because the community aspect really was my favorite part. It brought me community in many, many different places. Mm -hmm. And I do still love the game, I think, largely because of that, because I still do have communities based around it. They're largely online right now, partially because I have physically moved four times in the <laughs> yeah. last year, and I have not been able to maintain a solid Pokemon Go community through all of that. Um, and yep. I want this game to work for as many people want to play it, but it's not an easy question and answer. Well, the community thing was another thing that was brought up, um, and Michael gave a very... Um, probably... Yeah, that frustrated me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, sure, I... that's where I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> but I, before we get off that, I, I also want to stress to people, why do you still come like your ableness is temporary? Oh, yeah. Yes. You can quickly find yourself into a customer that no longer fits their model through whatever happenstance. And that is a thing that they are not saying is we are making it for a very specific type of person. And that specific type of person is highly temporary for everybody. You mm -hmm. will age. Your body will change. Your, your city, your state, the weather, you may move. Everything that they build for their game, that customer is temporary. And they aren't really facing that. I don't disagree. Um, so there, there is the community thing that made, I'm <laughs> excited for what made Hannah mad. I'm here for this. Again, none of their answers surprised me. The like, I live in the middle of nowhere. We'll just play a different game. Yep. That makes sense. Like, that's kind of what I expected them to say. Like, uh, why do you care about walking? Cause it makes our game different. Yep. That makes sense. Like no surprises here. The community thing was what about all the online communities that we've made? They're kind of gone now because of remote raid passes and you want us to go back outside. And Michael's answer, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, was you can make online communities with any game that is online. 
you yeah. can but those games can't create a local community that you can go to. Yeah. Wh- which there is truth to that. <laughs> there is no <laughs> there is no lies detected. You can I, I, I uh, yeah, you can create local communities on online games. That is absolutely a thing that can happen. And also, another thing mentioned in this whole section of the interview was when Zoe asked if there were any upcoming things to support online communities, and the answer was not this year. I th- oh, I thought he said Campfire. That's not really an online community thing. Well, there's like a Slack chat Discord thing in Campfire, no, technically. No, the answer was not this year. <laughs> but he He did bring up Campfire at one point. I thought it was the same question, but... Um, I thought he talked about campfire for a little bit, uh, but I mean, like he used an example, which I think is a good example. Um, he did an example where like during like a raid train, somebody stopped and was like, what are you guys doing? And he was like, oh, we're playing Pokemon Go. And they were like, oh, I thought that game was like dead. And they were like, no, there's like a bunch of us doing it. And then that inspired that person to like redownload the game. And that's like something you don't really get that. That wouldn't that's something that kind of is, I shouldn't say exclusive, but like unique to like a bunch of Pokemon people out there playing to be like, oh, look at all these people in my city or in my town doing this thing that I could be a part of, Um, which like I can kind of relate to that in the sense of like when I got really into Netrunner, which is like this uh, asymmetrical card game, I was like really excited to play. And then I realized no one in Milwaukee played Netrunner. And I was like, well, this sucks because I just bought $200 worth of cards and I can only play with like two people in my household. And I I want to play this game, but literally no one in Milwaukee plays Netrunner. Maybe people in Minneapolis played, but I, I, uh, there there was there was a huge Netrunner community. But then they said they weren't doing the game anymore. Yeah, yeah, they they. And then I think that yeah. community died. Um, Yeah, that game doesn't exist anymore. But so like there is value and be like, oh, the people in my town are into this game and I can now be into this game with them. And that doesn't exist if everyone is sitting at home doing remote raids and no one's going outside. But raids don't have to be the only tool to get people to go outside. Correct. That's the problem. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is, that and, is and a basic And he straight problem. up said that. He straight up said that, that raids were the main tool for getting people outside or something very similar to that. And that frustrates me because you, mm-hmm. you can make events like the golden event that we had yesterday, which was a great event and got Steve and I out playing outside a ton. I saw other people playing this game. There were people out and playing. I mean, community days aren't based on raids. That's another type of event where you get people outside in community playing this game that isn't based on raids. And I do think there are opportunities that they could implement things where online friends from online communities could support one another in ways that get people to go outside more. So that both helps online communities and it helps people play the way that they want people to play. So one thing that kind of came to me because his feedback, when he said, we're not focusing on online communities this year, that made me mad. And my brain started thinking about all the ways that could focus on online communities and my brain went to O powers from Pokemon X and Y. Uh, Mr. O, oh, I can't yeah. remember what it was. Mr. Mr. Bonding. <laughs> and if there were some sort of thing where I could walk five kilometers and then be able to send three minutes of better hatch distance to a friend, I would absolutely do that. I would absolutely do this 
cool thing to give my friend a small little boost. But Hannah, you can spend $5 and you can send Greg the surfing pose. Think about no. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to spend the money and Greg will get back ground. in. I'm completely wasted. <laughs> but but with the O power thing, that would both get me out and walking or out and moving to get the O power and it would get the person receiving the O power to go out and play the way they want them to play. It's there yeah, are I mean, ways to do this I that mean, aren't there are raids. Other, there are other ways. Like if you if you could send, you know, a souped up incense to some like you've done X amount of walking, whatever. And you can send that to somebody in a row area that creates a bunch of spawns for them. Like there are ways of doing that, right? Like it, given people who play the game enough time, they'll come up with with solutions. I I just think we need to, in general, come to the understanding that they aren't necessarily really looking for those solutions because we can come up with them. Yeah, I mean, like, I, the only th hmm, the only thing I I think I can like slightly relate to um, that is a new talking point for this conversation is when I had when I had dinner with John Hankey. It wasn't really dinner with John Hankey. It was a bunch <laughs> of us like sitting down, and then John coming over with his beer, and then like chatting with us for a couple minutes, and then getting on his private yacht uh, and then sailing away. But when we we were in Germany, and he came over, and he he was asking us what like we, we liked about the event. That was the um, Germany Goat Fest. And he was asking us what we could improve or what he didn't like. Um, one of the things that I said that I really liked is I said I loved at the start of every hour, there was like a wave of Pokemon. Um, so I think they, they started this in um, ah, not Madrid, uh, the place in Spain that I can't think of right now, uh, where they started it with like Corefish, where Corefish would spawn every hour. And then in the Germany GoFest, it was uh, unknown. So at the start of every hour of GoFest, like a bunch of unknown spawned and they would last, I think, for like two or three minutes and then they would go away. And it was really cool. And they did this at the Seattle GoFest, I think, too. Um, and they probably did the Japan GoFest. I didn't go to that one. Um, but when he when I brought that up uh, and a couple other people were like, oh, yeah, I love that feature. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, great job, Niantic. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, he said that like one of the things that he would like to see in the future was instead of those Pokemon just popping up for a couple minutes and then despawning, he said that like that didn't really like fit the vision of the game because like it's weird for Pokemon just to pop in and then pop out. And he said it would be really cool if one day they could get it where like Pokemon were migrating in real time in the game. So, like, you had, like, a herd of, like, Puchiena that, like, started in, like, Seattle and then started moving through North America. And that, like, oh, like, this, the, the Puchiena are, like, in Wyoming right now. And, like, soon they'll be in Minneapolis. And then after that, they'll be in Chicago because they're, like, moving in, like, real time. And that would feel like the game was, like, living. And that, like, it felt like a natural spawn occurrence in the game. And I thought that was, like, really cool. Uh, and it was like a really great vision, but also probably extremely complicated. Mm -hmm. to like well, also like, OK, so they're in Seattle uh, and they showed up in Wyoming at 1 a.m. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
Like, and where's the communication around that? The communication yeah, around I mean, that seems bad hard. At communication, like it, it's an interesting vision. Except I always laugh because like we don't want Pokemon popping in. I'm like, have you ever played a base Pokemon game? They <laughs> no, it's different. Greg. For One's no on the reason. couch and one is outside. <laughs> they pop in and disappear for no reason. That's the whole thing. Well, I mean, that uh, would also be cool in a main series game where like you're you're in the wild area of Paldea and like. A bunch of Growlithe come running through and then it's like, oh, they're only running through on Saturday morning or something like that. I mean, it would be cool. I mean, they did that with outbreaks, right? Like. That's kind of. kind of what outbreaks were. And that's kind of what the the roaming like they do it with the roaming legendaries like. The weather's weird over here. Go, go figure <laughs> it out. One comment that really stood out to me was when he said that the way they are planning the rest of this year to go, he sees Pokemon Go at the end of this year as a very different game than it was at the start of this year. And that interests me. There seems to be a lot of expectation that the rest of this year is going to be big and exciting. And I'm not sure how much I believe that. Zoe's <laughs> Zoe that. kind of said that things were neat. Um from what they got to see but i don't know it there is the expectation that the rest of this year is going to be big and exciting that they're setting up and i'm kind of waiting to see if that happens yeah i mean usually around the summer they announce like a new feature or something of the sort right because like summer is their summer mm -hmm. is their christmas or american summer is their is their christmas mm -hmm. for for this game it's also the southern hemisphere's winter so yep yeah, but there are more people in the northern. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go northern. where the people are, Greg. Mm. You gotta go where the three that, biggest that markets are. That is the name are. of this game. Only go where the people are. The U.S., yeah. Japan, and Europe. Their their three biggest markets are all their summer. What was it? There was two things I want to mention. Oh, location data. Um, where Zoe was like, "Hey, are you selling our location data?" Because your press release was like, everyone pointed out that you weren't selling individual data. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. I'm really excited to answer it. He was like, nope, we don't sell your location data. We never have. Um, he's like, the thing that we do share with advertisers is if they have a Pokestop, we can tell them exactly how many times that Pokestop has been spun. Is I'm pretty sure something we said on the show that like, I, be I bet they use the Pokestop spins of like, hey, this this small America gets a uh, hundred a hundred thousand spins uh, a week and the Pokestop down in the middle of the ocean gets two spins a week. <laughs> uh I mean I, I again go read their go privacy read their policy. privacy policy because they're real corporate about that. Well, privacy uh, policies are pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but like I don't that answer we're going to know exactly. That answer is pretty corporate because they aren't individual but not anonymous and aggregate data is certainly on the table. I would not be surprised if they take their two months of what is it? Kung Fu tea. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, we turned 350 Kung Fu teas into Pokestops or gyms. This is how many spins they got. This is their increased revenue of traffic. This yeah. is how many people, including yep. here's Steve Sarumi's uh, address. Here is his social security. <laughs> the uh, like they, they, pro they probably take all that stuff. Oh, and yeah, they package absolutely. it up and then they go to another company and they're like, this is the success that Kung Fu Tea and Pokemon Go had. Would you like to turn your business into a Pokestop? And yeah. like you could argue like 
my personal opinion is that doesn't bother me. Uh, like, sure, I, I spun the Kung Fu's tea. I gave them one activation. Like, they probably don't actually give them my address, right? Like, but they, they say, like, this customer signed up, right? Like, you had a bunch of, you had, like, this customer spin and then sign up. I don't mind that because I do think, and Michael says this, is, like, they try to work with brands that would only add more Pokestops or attract more customers, which only makes the game better. Which, when they, for whatever reason, like, all of the <laughs> Boost Mobiles and Sprints were, like, Pokestops and Gyms because they had a deal with Sprint and Boost Mobile. Right. And then when that deal ended, they just removed the Gyms and the Pokestops. And it was so frustrating because I had a Boost mm -hmm. Mobile down the street in the street from me in milwaukee and it was like i would do this loop at the end of the night i would like leave my house like walk to this bar spin this pokestop walk down spin these two pokestops one of them being boost mobile turn around and like that's those pokestops just disappeared when that deal ended so he he does say that again he says like when we sign these deals it does make the game better because we can add all these new activations that we weren't paying attention to before so that's good um, but I'm assuming that's what they're doing with our data is like packaging it up and saying, like, oh, yeah, this here you go. Uh, Caribou coffee. Would you we did such a good job with Starbucks. <laughs> right. Or, you know, they can they can like track again. It's one of the reasons that it makes, you know, what one of the reasons why raid days are are smaller. It's it's easier to get that sort of aggregate tracking spin data on a smaller window. Then on a larger one, you're getting more concentrated information of how your customer base. Oh, it's like moves. moving out through the game. Right. So like when you have a smaller window and you're forcing everybody to be together, you're getting better data than when it was spread out over six hours and people were coming and going. Right. Like there's different data you're getting from both. And ultimately, the smaller window creates just it's a better thing to go to advertisers and other people with say like. This is what we can present. We can present traffic movement. We can present activations. We can do all these things. And it's not your personal data. It is aggregated data where your personality is stripped out. And your comfort with that, again, this goes back to what will happen with sleep. Your comfort with them having aggregate data about your medical stuff and your sleep schedules is up to you how comfortable you feel having that anonymous overarching stuff sent out. I, I still do think, think that, sleep is going to need a lot more personal data than Pokemon. Oh, has. I guarantee it. But we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get there. I, I still think the shocking <laughs> thing is like we're seven years in and it just doesn't feel like Niantic strikes that many deals with companies. No, like the Kung yeah. Fu tea thing is kind of shocking of like, oh, I because I, I feel like we would just get one of those like a month of like, I, I feel like we they don't. I feel like they play a very smart game of they don't make the deals that they're making very obvious because I guarantee they are doing things behind the scenes for advertising for other things that that are much more hidden and hard to see. I think they understand that when people see deals like that happen, if they happen on a regular clip, especially when people are already saying, like, how are you selling my personal data? I think they are they play a very smart game in limiting how much that actually makes itself apparent in the game. So it's easy to not think about. Uh, and the other thing Michael confirmed was like the Pikmin team is working on Pikmin the Pokemon Go team is working on Pokemon like it's not like what 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 was the new thing there oh the Monster Hunter stuff where they announced like a Monster Hunter game and people were like well that that be, they don't care about Pokemon Go anymore it's like no that's a that's a whole different team <laughs> another team mm -hmm. 
Uh, so he did answer that. I mean, people people who worked on Go may switch over to that team, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a separate team that is forming. It does not mean they're taking resources away from Go. People may from Go move over there, but most likely they will backfill those positions. Right. Um. Uh, anything else, Hannah? Anything else that we missed? I'm looking through my notes, um, and I think that the only thing is just that they kind of started and ended the interview with Michael saying that they haven't been very good at communication, and he's hoping <laughs> that they can get better at communication. So. All honesty, this we'll interview. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully. They did start Hopefully. off with like the dev diary stuff, which was like Niantic's way of communication. And then Michael was like, yeah, we did a bad job at this. We bit off more than we could chew. We couldn't put them out every other month. So and we probably should have told you. Looking for. Yeah. And then he was like, we probably should have told you we couldn't do this anymore. But, you know, we're telling you now we'll do We'll still do dev diaries, but they'll be when they feel appropriate. Um. And we will see when they happen, if they are actually dev diaries or if they're just advertisements again. I did still feel like the dev diaries were like, there's a lot of nothing here. Um, when I when I played Destiny, they would Bungie would do like a dev update every like Thursday. And if you ever went to like the subreddit, well, if you want a toxic subreddit, Destiny oh the game, r slash <laughs> Destiny. But like. It would just be people like, there's nothing in this update. And it's like, well, how much do you expect them to do in like six days? Like, that's like, <laughs> like every single week we get an update. They're all not going to be exciting. Like, sometimes yeah. they are. But. Having been on a developer team, I am not surprised if every month was a little bit too much for that kind of thing. But also, I know that what the players wanted was explanations for decisions. And what they didn't give in any of the dev diaries was explanations for decisions. I think one of them did. The PvP one was close. <laughs> <laughs> he does have I a whole did, section I, on PvP and how much he likes it and the bugs and the frustration, but... I, I will say that it is naive to think that a corporation is ever going to explain their decisions to you. I mean, they or have a, the ability to try to spin it in a positive way. Sometimes right. you just don't yeah. have a way to it, spin it. <laughs> they don't have a way to spin them. I mean, the, the answers you are going to get are PR approved. Right. So, like, just understand you are never going to get transparency from a corporation. That is just not a thing. That's kind of why I was, like, okay with this interview, because, like... I think the only question he kind of shied away from or not like he didn't even shy away from it. He was just like, I'm done talking about this was like the remote raid. Like he was pretty mm -hmm. much like should have been limited. We needed to increase the price because it was unbalancing everything else in the store. Yeah, it I sucks. Mean, yeah. But like and then he was like, can we kind of move on? Because like what else? Am I, how I can't spin this anymore. Like there's there's right. It sucks. Like what do you want me yeah. to talk in circles here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people just need to understand that the answer is it sucks. And there's never going to be a better answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only question where it was like kind of obvious where he was like, we're, let's move on because like I can't, I, nothing's going to make you happy. <laughs> Play a different game. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I, I still can't, man, that answer was so like, yep, yeah, I, is he going to say it? Is he going to, oh, yep, he said it. Just play a different game. <laughs> he just, he just said it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth, I suppose. Niantic has a vision and gosh darn it they are definitely sticking to that vision. Yep. <laughs> you Welcome gotta respect them a little bit for that. <laughs> they love they love their outdoor they love their outdoor game. Um 
I will say, uh, again, I say this every episode, I'm I'm very privileged to be in a very big city that also happens to have the best indoor place to play, hands down. <laughs> yeah, the indoor spot really gives you all a, a, a big boost during the cold months. I, I don't think I could have... it's cold and rainy here. I, I honestly don't think I would have been able to play for a full... What I, prob- what I wanted to do yesterday, again, personal story, is I wanted to go to a park and play. And I stepped outside and I was like, it, I can't do this. It's too hot. Darn you, Niantic. It's 93 degrees out. Oh, it was so hot. And I yesterday. went to Mall of America and there were golden lures everywhere. Things were lured up. I could walk in a square. There's bathrooms. I get something to drink. And after an hour, I was like, this is great. This is I could. There's no way I could have done this outside. At all. It just it was just too I mean, hot. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem is you wear 17 layers true, at all true. times. <laughs> you very, could strip, you could strip very, some of those layers down. Very comfortable. Yeah. And I mean, part of that starts to get into the places where there's more shade, the places where there's more natural paths, more trees. Unless it's a city park, there aren't as many Pokestops because you can't submit Pokestops where there's not a sign or a placard. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's a personal frustration. It's not as big a problem as for people who live in rural areas and literally don't have the stuff around, that's a little bit different. But when I want to go on a hike and play Pokemon Go at the same time, I can't, and that makes me sad. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a hike, but then I would be like, oh, there's no Pokestops. What am I supposed to be right? doing? Looking at yeah. nature? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to catch a Weedle up here. <laughs> I cannot imagine you on a hike. I could do a hike. Yeah, let's do a hike, Greg. I cannot can we can we fit? I, I gotta figure out my foot thing first. I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking. Within five minutes, we are going to throw you off a cliff because you're complaining <laughs> about your feet. A hundred percent. Nah, the Crocs are okay, but I don't think Crocs are good hiking shoes. You're you can't hiking Crocs. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah oh, can, can I get one of those? You sticks? shouldn't hike in Crocs. Maybe you I've hiked in heels. <laughs> you can hike you in whatever. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put that on a shirt, Hannah? I've hiked in heels. <laughs> yes. So what have we got? Make sure. I mean, I'm pretty against again. the idea of heels at this point. I think they're bad for your feet. But oh, heels are awful. <laughs> yeah. I do not get it. I mean, I I get it, but I don't like. I'm one of those people who wears the the toe shoes that are like gloves for your feet. Oh, those are my preferred shoes. Well, this those is the last podcast Hannah's on. Jeez. <laughs> 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 we found the limit. <laughs> The toe shoes. I've been wearing them almost my whole life. I stopped right, for a while and this I went back been to like them. Five hours. Wrap it up. About <laughs> All right, we're out. I'm done. I'm. I got a life to lead here. Mm, well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, and uh, hopefully there'll be raids in Scarlet and Violet. Maybe not. Uh, easy fix. It's only taken them a full month. <laughs> easy, 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 easy. Nothing easy, went wrong. Easy. Uh, Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Hannah. We will see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Waiting with bated breath to see if Scarlet and Violet will have raids again ever super effective. That boat sailed. We're done. Shut it down. Play a different game. Shut it down.
This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers of the episode, starting with Stephen, Kay, William, Tony, Stuart, Ryan, Nate, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Jessica, Gray, Courtney, Chris, Brian, Anthony, and our executive producers of Spencer and Brady. Thank you so much for the continued support. If you too would like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. That is patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. And you can sign up to get a bunch of rewards, including having your name read at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.